Genre. What up, nerds, and welcome to Tales from the Short Box, the once-weekly Wednesday podcast where we talk about last week's comics today. I am your host, Adam Sheehan, and I am here today with your abridged panel of co-hosts, Sean Petit. What's up? And RJ Vite. Heyo. Uh, Casey is sadly not here this week. Uh, she is uh, dealing with an emergency with one of her pets, so... Uh, good thoughts and vibes out to Casey and her furry friends. Yeah, we'll do the best we can to make up for her yeah. not being here. This is such not the best week for this. But, you know, yeah. things happen. You got to deal with them. So uh, as a courtesy, I want to remind our listeners that this is a spoiler-heavy podcast. If you haven't read last week's books yet, we might ruin them for you. We're also going to give you timestamps in the episode description as to where all of the discussion for all these books are. So you can skip what you need to skip. Our top stories today are Superman's pal Jimmy Olsen number five by Matt Fraction and Steve Lieber and Gwenpool Strikes Back number four by Leah Williams and David Baldian. Should we uh, also preface why it's a bad week? Just give a little and how insane this it's because there's week was. There's so many Every books. Every book ever came out this <laughs> week. Every book we've talked about on this podcast yeah, it's had a, a new a, issue this week. It's crazy. Yeah. It's a greatest hits. Yeah, it is. Absolutely. And, and boiling it down to... A couple picks. Yeah, I mean, we got to keep this, this the runtime. I read manageable. like my salary's worth of <laughs> comics. Yeah, yeah, you're in the red this week. Yeah, I couldn't believe how many uh, came out. Yeah, it was, and like every time I like was going through the pile, I was like, how, how is there more? How is there more books? <laughs> In this pile, still, I felt like it was like replenishing itself as I was reading it. I was reading, and I was like, "All right, I after this, I have this one and this one." And then I was like, "Oh wait, no, I have ten more." Yeah, right. It was. I, I feel like I kept forgetting about books too. Yeah. I was like, "See, I finally, I finally had to set a budget for myself with comics, no, and it fair. like started this week, which was probably the worst week to do it. Yeah, or the best week, or yeah, probably no, the best. Week. Probably the best week to start. It's the best idea to do it this week. I think I need to also do that because of this week. Like it was bonkers. <laughs> so I'm walking around like like trying to figure out what's what's on the chopping block like what am i not going to be able to to read yeah what do i have to read yeah and that's why i was wondering about picks i was like all right what do i actually need to read slash buy so i can talk about things there's also like <laughs> only one book that ended doesn't help anything yeah that's right. true this is like that's a bunch true. of stuff that started but yeah it's all like number twos and threes yeah. and stuff. it's all really new stuff that i'm still trying to give a shot to so like i want to i want to buy them but also, my wallet yells at me every time. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like I don't have any number ones this week because I, I was just like, you know, screw it. I'll catch up on whatever that number one is ne uh, next eventually. Month. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Then that starts that ever running list of things that you want to read that will just go on f for eternity. I yeah. would like to point you to my <laughs> my big pile of books that I I'd like that. to read. Yeah, I see the He Man's like actually caving this side of the room in um because it's so large <laughs> it's like our mascot now. it is yeah, our it mascot is. Adam on the bus. But yeah i have two ecto cooler boxes full of books oh i didn't realize that those were holding comics <laughs> they're that's the perfect fan. size that's that's actually that's great it's like a basket of nostalgia <laughs> it just, is right do you just like bring one of those downstairs plop it next to you on the couch and just start plowing through comics yeah that's, that's kind of awesome. how i do it that's fantastic yeah yeah because I, I, I got the promotional ecto cooler and then one day i was like these boxes they're perfect. They're the perfect size. That's awesome. All right. Anywho, all right. Let's, let's actually talk about all these comics yeah. that we bought. Yeah, let's do. Uh, let's get through some top picks. Uh, Sean, you ready? Yep, let's do it. I'm going to start with Steeple, number three, by John Allison. He's doing art and rating it. This book is great. It's a 
I was reading through this. I oh, mean, like this book, it, it's fun. It's a fun book. There's a lot going on. So you kind of get some background on the town and uh, what's going on with the wind energy. Uh, so it kind of cuts back. Yeah, it's it's weird. For some reason, the backdrop for like this whole thing is wind energy and putting up windmills in this town. So what's well, this new church that is yeah renew renewcharist or something renewcharist like, renewcharist, which like no one saw that as being like a religious thing for some reason. They're just yeah. like, oh yeah, it's just a weird renewable energy name. Yeah, and so like Billy points out, hey, is that a a religion thing? <laughs> I I still don't even understand even within the confines of this book if wind energy is good or bad i don't know if that even well yeah, apparently it that's leads a good point. to ascension to heaven R- right i yeah. mean like like i understand why it, the church of Bilal was against it so most people are against it because it's ugly but like no one seems to be against and it chops it. up birds yeah and it chops right. up birds so like they're worried <laughs> about not how that works <laughs> yeah but they're not i don't know that's a great point yeah, i still don't know it's not clear it's like is this a good or bad thing so essentially, they, it cuts out, cuts, that issue starts uh, with a flashback um, to like a town hall when they're kind of voting on the windmills and everyone's going back and forth and it just devolves into just people screaming at each other um, as most town halls would do. Obviously. And then eating scones. And then and- they eat scones. And then this one guy puts, <laughs> as all- I love it. He puts the cream and then the jam on and the woman's like, are you from Devon? And he's like, I could explain. Which is like, so Devon's the rival town and and he was like the chief anti-wind energy or pro. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. He was like the main anti-wind energy person in the room. So it was all, it was deemed uh, Devonian or Devian or whatever, how you would pronounce it. So everyone voted for the wind energy because of this other town, this guy. They, they, were like, like, they had a spy. Yeah, yeah. they had an inside Which guy. is fantastic that this town's like, yeah, we hate that town so much. We're going to vote for something we don't actually yeah, want. Yeah, they don't want it. <laughs> the, the thing about this book is that it's like the antithesis of American comedy right now where oh. everything is like trying to be as raucous as possible. This is like as polite as possible. Yeah, yeah. that's a good uh, point. It's like the, the crudest thing that they do in this book can also has a hint of politeness to it. Yeah, <laughs> like even the the like the Satanist black mass, like their ridiculous stuff. Like yeah. they're they're great. Yeah, uh, it's just so funny because the, all the it's charming is really what it is. Yeah. Absolutely, and that's a that's how I feel reading this book. All the characters are have like a a charm to them, like a like a, almost like a whimsy. It also makes it funnier <laughs> too when there's Absolutely. just a joke that is like so absurd, but it, but then you're also like, all right, but that's. It's also kind of cute. Yeah, this had one of my favorite little lines, and I, 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 it cra- it was, I was cracking up, and I'm like, I love this book. So it gets to the priest and uh, Billy are talking, and he's trying to like console her after walking in on the Black Mass um, proceedings <laughs> of the naked variety. Um, so they're talking back and forth, and the priest goes visit his old friend, um, who promptly tells him he looks like shit. <laughs> and the priest's like, "Well, I've been fighting demons for twenty right. years. Like, give me a break, man." Uh, I I loved this guy. He was great. So then they start talking about uh the 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 people that are are uh, the new Renewcharist people were part of like a Christian rock band like years and years ago. <laughs> oh right, I forgot about yeah. This. <laughs> and he gets like a CD about him, and like a lot of their songs were talking about early ascension or pre rapture stuff. And the priest's like, "That's kind of weird." Yeah. Um, Honestly, though, I get it. Uh, a lot of my 
um, religious indoctrination as a teen came from uh, Christian rock music? Obviously. It's, it's called Him Blessed His Love Up Inside. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. No, it's 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 weird. It's it's like I don't want to get too Yeah, we don't have to go too nuts in, but music's very influential and And, you know, and Christian rock is just such a weird thing. It's so it's yeah, it's a very specific type of music. Like I don't want to I don't want to alienate any Christian rock musician listeners we may or may not have. Yeah. But it's all of them. What are you doing? <laughs> it is it, it is a people know what you mean by saying christian rock but i think that's a that's a brand they've created yeah, at this insane point clown almost body. i think it's a on purpose. <laughs> that is not that's the it's not quite i wouldn't say it's the opposite of christian rock but it's not well not according to the clowns themselves so, so, <laughs> so we cut to the church of satan people opening their window after the day after the mass and he sees the wind energy and gets all pissed off so he goes into like the town square to try to get like um signatures to get it done and the the town folks are like guys we already voted on this man like we don't they already we don't already there we don't care they're already built we don't care anymore also because of last issue he uh and the main character stopping him from bashing the the one monster he's like just kind of given up oh the the priest yeah he's like he doesn't have to like give sermons again and stuff yeah he doesn't have any purpose beyond fighting fighting back the sons of hell she kind of broke him yeah he makes a comment it's like what do people talk about it's like whatever's (laughs) on their mind Oh, oh okay I, um, I want to rewind a minute, though. Um, when this Anton LaVey guy wakes up after the Black Mass, did anyone else notice the leaf blower in the bed? I did. What I did. on earth is that for? I did notice the leaf blower. And there's like a dog bone under the bed. And like, there's a whole lot going on here. I don't know what a leaf blower that, would do. That but... was a hell of a party. The other thing, too, that's kind of funny is like, it, it's one of those beds with the curtains around it. And the curtains like wrapped around the bowl. Yeah. And it kind of tells a little bit of a story that this leaf blower... May or may not have been part of that. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I really, I really liked that character. Yeah, he's a he's, good character, and he's then, great. He looks just like Anton Lavey. It's funny. I thought this was really interesting when they were talking about um, the the character you're talking about is upset that the people aren't doing what they told he's telling them to do because he wants them on their side, and then his like um, the other Church of Satan guy, like the hairy, the big hairy dude, just like, well, it's Satanism's uh, egoistic theology. They're not doing what you say. They're doing exactly what you told them to do by just doing what they want. Yeah. And he's just like all like, God darn it. <laughs> I'm starting to really love this this yeah. this uh heavy bearded dude. Yeah, he's great. He's I was like I thought he was like a just gonna be a weird creep, but he's like He's still he's a, a weird creep. He's a weird creep, but he's like the comic relief a little bit. I too. like him. He's well, great. In the in the church in the uh beginning when they're all voting, he's like uh the it's like the birds would be better if they had boobs. And yeah. I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah. I just think he's like a weird dude that's drunk all the time. And I kind of, yeah. I kind of love it. So they leave the town square. Uh, they do like, um, they do a prayer to Belial um, to get rid of the Jesus themed windmills. <laughs> um, and then they run into Billy and the priest and the priest is talking to, um, I guess the head of the church of Satan and Billy and the, uh, and the woman, I can't remember her name. I keep forgetting the her woman name he, also. she meets when she first gets to town. They're kind of talking. It's like, hey, they want to still be friends. Um, <laughs> and this is one of my favorite two panels in the whole comic. The the woman's like, also, you know, the reverend's a total dilf, and he's like, no, 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 I'm sorry, a pilf, a priest. I'd like to find on Facebook. <laughs> I also like um, that that Billy was in the middle of hanging her coat over the phallus of a statue yes this is exactly what it looks like <laughs> yeah and like i said this at these two pages really i think captured 
the feeling of this book like it's innocent it's like like you said it's charming like yeah. it's but like they're also having you know <laughs> dirty it's a great, co- it's, dirty conversation this woman find this old priest like pretty hot <laughs> this statue is so funny because it's just this demon standing with his hands on his hips and she put her coat over it but you could tell he's swinging some pipe yeah he's gotta be because it's her coat stays right where where, where she puts it <laughs> like it's huge <laughs> i just love how that so she's like i can't i can't stand here and look at this so the main crux of this is the priest kind of figures out that the renuk band people have figured out that if they build the windmills <laughs> in this specific spot of town it's gonna open up a portal to heaven and allow them to ascend early pre-rapture like they were talking about in their music and the guy, the Church of Satan guy's like, okay, fine. And the priest's like, have you ever heard of unintended consequences? <laughs> Does it get bigger? Does it stop? Like, it's like, oh, okay. So they go to the opening to try to stop it. Uh, and they don't in time. And then they turn the windmills on. And yeah, the some portal starts open. These people start like ascending into heaven. And, the you know, they're trying to get it try to like pull them down like classic cartoon style yeah there's like a human chain and she makes a good joke it's like uh the priest like grab on <laughs> uh, and it's like oh uh, shoot what does he say is it the oh, thin could, thing couldn't you be heavier <laughs> yeah. girl he's like are you thin shaming me and he's like uh no and that's the, not what i meant <laughs> and then the creepy bearded guy mentions uh that oh, he can the, see her underpants that bill went commando but she apparently didn't go commando <laughs> um so eventually they go back and forth and then the bearded guy springs into action and actually uh is the one that ends up destroying uh the the windmills Meanwhile, uh, the fear of everyone's getting birds, getting killed. They just kept flying into the windmills. <laughs> yeah. So the windmills catch on fire, and then now they look like giant burning crosses. And then the two women, or I think it was, or was it was a man and a woman. I can't, I couldn't tell. The two people from Renucarist who are being trying to ascend into heaven stop ascending and just fall flat and there's a big red splat oh uh a, a small detail but to that's what i was gonna say to next, commemorate yeah. turning on these windmills they brought in all of like the seven-year-olds in this town yes it was like a whole class it was a trip. whole class of kids yep so they just witnessed all of this yes a whole class of kids seeing all looks these birds and people die yeah um and then billy's just like trying to sing a song and get them out of there uh and then there's kind of like a weird little like moment where um the woman from the church of Satan uh, was talking like, Hey Billy, did you feel anything when those things went on? Like I was like a couple inches off the ground. Like I felt like I was getting pulled up too. Yeah. And then Billy's like, yeah, to- totally me, me too. And then it cuts to her like little sp- speech bubbles. Like, Nope, nothing happened. <laughs> non float city. So she's kind of like, all right, what does, what's that mean? Yeah, that's sad because, I yeah. mean, if her, and she seems like a, a real, she's really good at what she does. Like a, yeah, and like that she's and really dedicated, dedicated her life to her faith. To this. Yeah, and absolutely. she wasn't raptured. Which, that could be concerning for her. And then, uh, in true weird, gross, bearded guy fashion, was talking about how he got a grab of, you know, uh, <laughs> what does he say? Grab a bit of young Christian leg. Uh, uh, he says, um, the curate has magnificently toned fetlocks yeah i don't know what that means i think that's legs but weird way to say that but then he's just talking about how uh they need more talent in the town (laughs) and it looks like there's a lot of other members of the church of satan coming 
for a some kind of witch fest or festival that they're going to have for next issue. Man, why don't I ever get invited to these parties? <laughs> but this issue is fun. Not enough leaf blowers. Yeah. You got to go get one. Yeah, you got to get leaf blowers and keep them in your bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> I thought this was a really fun issue. This was a fun issue. This um, is a fun book. I yeah, like it a I'm lot. I'm really liking this. This is one of the new ones from Dark Horse. They're killing it with this. Uh, it's. I think RJ kind of nailed it when he's talking. It reminds me of like... Um, like it's serious, but like uh, ever see the show like pushing daisies or stuff like that? Like, yeah, it's like a serious thing, but it's like it's just so whimsical and fun that you're like, I'm I'm still happy, even though these people <laughs> aren't or something like these people just died all those birds got murdered. <laughs> yeah. And like a couple of people died in front of kids. But I'm like, you know what? I got a smile on my face still. <laughs> like it's just the way the book is written. And I think and the art, too, I think is like it fits that that tone. Yeah. Uh, I love I'm it's got it. a fun aesthetic. Yeah, it's great. All right, RJ, what else you got? Uh, I got Strike Force number three by Teeny Howard and German Peraza. This is a fun book, too. It is also fun. Yeah, it's a, for, a, for different reasons. It's maybe my favorite toned comic in Marvel right now. Yeah, I keep missing this one. It's like horror comedy, and I just, it's like Justice League Dark. I think I said that last time. Yeah. yeah. But really, it fills that, uh, that want. It's great. So. Wiccan got captured uh, by the the Verdi, the changeling guys. And so they have him in Indonesia. So they, yeah. they bring in uh, Dr. Doom, who we knew that they had captured because one of the... They can only turn into uh, people they've captured. Right. So they had turned into Dr. Doom in issue one. Yep. Uh, so we finally see Dr. Doom. And he's being like strapped and to Wick- a and Wicked is freaking out. Yeah, because uh, he's like, he used to be married to my mom. Please don't leave me alone, Doctor Doom. <laughs> oh jeez, please don't leave me alone. Which uh, is pretty great. And then it cuts to a a weird, like a a fable kind of about the yeah. fairies about, about like, the Verdi. Yeah, about Ophidian specifically, like yes. one of them specifically. Yeah, it talks about his uh, parent or his uh, like his guardian. guardian? Yeah. yeah who was like the main person in charge of bringing him up and then something happened to him and he was never, he was never the same. Yeah. It's not quite clear it's, like what happened, but it's, yeah, I think it's kind of like a story seed. Like that woman definitely did something, but then it's like, they, they don't really go into it. Yeah. Yeah. So it's probably just plotting. Yeah. Future. Something uh, for sure. But then it, it turns into, it's actually a story that's being told by uh hellstorm. Damon, because he's he's back alive now. Who is now fine? Yeah, after he's fine. being killed. Uh, the first. I mean, issue. he is the son of Satan. Yeah, and so. his sister, sister, right? Yes, revived him successfully. It seems. Yep. <laughs> uh, there's so, there's so much uh, Satan and demons in the books we cover on this show. Yeah, it lately. seems to be a trend. It's like it's not even something. It just it just keeps happening naturally. Yeah, for sure. I haven't met a single demon listener, so. Well, they're we got, out. We, I'm, we're I'm trying. Sure, I'm sure they're out. I'm there. sure they're if out. If you're there. listening, yeah. demons, yeah. If, uh, <laughs> Please if, at us. If you're listening to this show and you're in the Please lake of fire me. yourself, uh, hit us up on Twitter and Instagram <laughs> at Last Week's Comics. Guest star Belial. <laughs> oh, that would be a good get. That would be, <laughs> a, be a great good get. get. Yeah. Uh, so Damon says that the the story that he, I guess, it got put into his brain when he went to hell. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sure. sure. That's um, something that happens. And Angela, who is deals with all the Asgard stuff, doesn't know what he's talking about. Yeah. Which is disconcerting. Yep. Um, they also have Wiccan's partner, Hulkling. Uh, is it Hulkling or? Yeah, Hulkling. Yeah, he's just tied yeah. up. Uh, he's tied up by 
Angela's ribbons. Um, <laughs> and they're they're trying to keep him from, I guess, Go, fighting yeah, I think, fighting Wiccan. I yeah. think they're trying to keep him from going after Wiccan because yeah. he, like, he knows he's been captured. They're like, just calm down, dude. So then Blade kind of gets thrown through the wall and he's fighting the uh, the Wiccan changeling, the uh, the bird eye that turned into that took over Wiccan spot, um, and they he defeats him pretty easily after the fact, and then uh, Hulkling kind of busts out, and he's just like, yeah, I was just here to to humor you guys. Yeah, he just stopped being polite. He's like, you had yeah. me tied up, but then he just transforms. He's like, yeah, I'm I'm going. Like I could have just broken out, but I was just I was just being nice. Yeah, so it's like <laughs> I'm gonna go help you get Wiccan. But he stays blindfolded the whole time, which I thought was weird. But yeah, yeah. And he's like, I'm gonna go help you get Wiccan because obviously, uh, I'm not gonna let you guys do it alone. And Blade's like, sure, but then stabs him with a sleep knife. I c- I don't know what else to he call like, it. He, well, he tases him. Oh, I'm he pretty sure. Him? I guess it's. Uh, a taser. I thought it was a knife. It looks like a knife, but I'm assuming with the electric. Oh. Well, I'm assuming it's a taser, but <laughs> I prefer sleep knife. I like sleep. I like knife. sleep yeah. knife that's also. Pretty, yeah, in let's fact, go with that's that. what I'm gonna call those <laughs> tasers. From now on. Yeah, They're, it's pretty close. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that Damon had a great line here. Like, I think they like apologized for killing him. He's like, uh, I left one of my favorite jackets in hell, so <laughs> you, you kind of did me a favor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so then I'll I also I read comics on Tuesday, so I was just holding on to memory fragments at this point. I'll help you along. All right. So then they uh, <laughs> they team up with the rest of the guys, Monica Rumbo and Bucky. And Monica said that ever since Vegas and the fact that she like channeled energy and fried a bunch of the the enemies that she can now track them. Um, which is very handy. It is very handy. Yeah. <laughs> so they know exactly where they are at all times, which yeah. is nice. So they, they're going to go to the Indonesian temple and they, they bust through and then it goes to Wiccan and, and Doom. This and is great. It's such a great reveal. The, the Verdai are talking about how they need a, a sorcerer, but they weren't able to crack Dr. Doom. They weren't able to get him to, to do anything. And it turns out it's a Doom bot and they don't know. Yeah. They just thought he was sleeping. Yeah. <laughs> so w- Wicked was like talking to him too because he also didn't know, but then he realized, oh, it's a Doom bot. Oh, they don't know. Which is fantastic. <laughs> it's great. And then uh, Wicked goes, all right, well, I'll, I'll help you uh, get Doom to comply, but you have to realize that Doom is under my control. Yeah. And so they need a sorcerer for something. And so I guess Wicked's like, all right, I'll, I'll help you. And then the rest of the guys come in and they're like, there's, there's people outside. It's, it's the rest of his crew. So it's the rest of Strike Force. And they just come blazing in. They just start killing them. They just start you know, ripping them apart. You know, Damon had some dope fire goats in here. Uh, yeah. Shooting people. It was a cool battle scene. I and gotta get on this. There's Dude, maybe one of the, great, man. the best like comedic exchanges that I've seen in a comic in a while. Uh, which is, um, oh, this is pretty good. Uh, Monica's like, you pack the place. Oh, uh, Bucky like set charges everywhere. Yeah, somehow uh, he had time to just like wire the whole. Yeah, he just wired the whole place to C four. <laughs> and Monica's like, we need to work on communication. And Jessica's like, we don't even know each other's last names. And then Bucky goes, yours is Drew. Monica's like, Drew. Blade's like, Drew. Do you not know our last names? So all three <laughs> know her last name. It's so good. And she's like. Yeah, the point is we were all thrown together. Come on, guys, That's give not me a break. The point. Yeah, it was so good. <laughs> yeah, this is a fun book in that regard. They have a good back and forth between all the characters. 
Yeah, it's great. Yeah. Um. So then they 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 rescue Wiccan and uh they uh the Doombot snaps the head off of uh one of the one of the guys. Oh yeah, he killed. Yeah, well I think Wiccan's like yo kill that dude and that dude kills that dude for sure. <laughs> that Doombot just like <laughs> it, he just and like indeed he does. He just like pops his head off just by squeezing his neck and just like yeah. Boop. And one of the one wow, of the main ones wanted to challenge Angela one on one, and yeah. but then uh, decides to retreat. Um, Coward. Yeah. So they uh, they burn the whole place down. <laughs> well, they before they do that, they find the body of Ophidian, which right. is the uh, the the cre- the right, one they right. saw in the because she could track him. She's like, I, there's a couple left, but. There's one big downstairs. So they go get his body and then they blow the temple up. And they just blow the temple up. <laughs> and then just and like, they're all walking away. And then they do the straight up cool guys don't look at explosions walk, which is classic, which is great. Yeah. I'm and that is preceded by Blade explaining that no one put gas in the jet so they can't get home. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then they classic. roll around like a creepy building. I, so are we supposed to know where this place they're is? They're like hacking through the jungle and they come across this just house mansion it's a it's a big which apparently just has a big giant, building weird specter looking person it's above got like a lightning yeah it's got like a ghost i'm sure it's friendly like just straight up scooby-doo haunted mansion vibe going on which right is now. i mean i'm so on board well if the next issue is just like a scooby-doo issue that would be fantastic that would be great rolling wait. around in a van just, i love yeah. it who's gonna be scooby is the real question i always said um boy thing Obviously, <laughs> well, Hulkling got stunned. He's not there, but yeah, that would make the most sense. I've always <laughs> said boy thing uh, still a boy. thing. Oh right, I forgot about that. Whenever people talk about uh, helicarriers and shield and like how they blow up, and I'm like, helicarriers are really expensive. So I've always wanted a shield Winnebago because I mean, like, it doesn't cost that much. It's yeah. not like a helicarrier, and you could get how many Winnebagos for a helicarrier? That's true. Cost? They did. They probably should work on like mileage, but I think. No, it's definitely yeah, a more cost-effective option than a helicarrier. Yeah, and I'm sure they have some sort of that bigger on the inside technology. Exactly. Oh, for I sure. mean, I mean, um, Beast had some of that in X Men Blue for a while. They were rolling around the country. They're ro- roaming around the world in a Volkswagen bus. Oh my that god! Had a trailer that they were pulling, but the trailer was bigger on the inside. Perfect. Do I and, remember that? I don't know. And they had <laughs> they had one of um, Nightcrawler's little demon babies. Oh, the Bamps? Uh, Pickles. Oh, yeah, yeah. And and Pickles would uh, Bamp them all around the planet, like wherever they needed to be. That's kind of awesome. They just had to keep feeding him. What do you feed Pickles? Just anything. Oh, okay. That's good. That that makes it easy. Yeah, I forgot about that whole thing. That was a fun fun little run. All right. Well, Strike Force is great. Yeah, it's it's fun. I'm very glad that it's an ongoing, and it looks like it's... um, pretty popular so yeah. yeah people really like this book i'm totally on board for the whole thing it's a so. good team so far yeah yeah it's, it's <laughs> anytime you can get blade with other people i'm, I'm in and boy thing and boy thing God damn it. <laughs> yeah i don't know where he is in this issue depresses me a little bit just a little a little well, bit i mean i mean i also miss satania so yeah, where was where was she? Well, I think we, she's back when in the club. Yeah, we weren't in Vegas this issue. So maybe we'll circle back with uh yeah. with her at some point. Yeah. Hmm. Since there's lots of demon things going on here apparently. I know Marvel <laughs> Comics is like really into hell right now and Yeah, it's a good point. I'm kind of into it. Yeah, I'm fine with it. 
Uh, so yeah, so my my top of the pile pick here is Marauders number two by oh, Jerry Duggan okay. so and Matteo Lolly. Before we go too far, I will make sure Casey explicitly told us that we needed to state that I don't even know if I could put it uh, strongly enough how much she hates Pyro's new face tattoo. Yeah, it's pretty dumb. She hates it so much. I mean, face tattoos in and of themselves are kind of dumb. But I mean, you know, if you have a face tattoo, I'm not gonna hold it against you. But this is a dumb. This was face a du- this was like his entire face, and it's all just j- a jet black skull across yeah. his whole face. We just She's- lost all those prison views. <laughs> she all said those she prison listens. I think I, I I gotta keep making sure I'm not hurting anybody here. Yeah, right? you're like this is a this is a really like who gets it's just dumb. Yeah, I don't want to. If Post Malone's listening, I don't want him to stop because we don't like face tattoos. Yeah. But this, this is an extreme face tattoo. It's like he painted a mask onto his face. It's not like... It's almost permanent blackface with, yeah. with how thick and heavy and black it is. That's a fair point. I was... It was... It took me right out of the book. Yeah, Casey was very offended. We were talking about it when we when I picked this up. She's like, I liked it until then. And even then, I don't know if it, the book was good enough to redeem that stupid tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> I, and she used to work at a tattoo place. Like, that used to be... Like, yeah. I'm sure she's seen her share of bad face tattoos. This and one, even then, to this, be this mad yeah. about this. This is like a cover-up of... It feels like he was covering up all his old bad face tattoos, but he didn't have any to cover up. <laughs> he was just covering up his old bad face Ooh. with a bad tattoo. But it's I, a brand new face. He just got reborn. Yeah, it I, is a new face. I kind of okay. read it as like, all right, so is that just marking him? Is he just gonna, like going to go on a suicide run and Dude, blow up and then knows? come back so he doesn't that, have that anymore? That, that was kind of my response to Casey was just, Dude, he can just get murdered in the next <laughs> issue and then be resurrected pre-tattoo. Good. <laughs> I believe would probably be her reaction. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, let's talk about. So what anyway, getting, yeah, let's getting, talk about the book. I just had to get that out it. of the way. Um. So this kind of starts off with. I wasn't sure what this thing in the beginning was. Are those the uh, the cuckoos? Yeah, it's their mind council. Got it. So she's trying to what? I guess convince them to join her, and they're like, "Nah." Yo, mind council is a dope <laughs> name for that by the way i have to throw that out there <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> it's because everything emma does is dope we should that's what we should have called this show the mind council damn it that's the opposite of what this is that's true yeah, yeah couldn't have done that's that. the opposite also it's terrible branding this is true yeah, no. <laughs> people wouldn't know what the hell we are no, yeah, just all we're speak- some kind of pretentious think no, Tank. it would just be two hours of silence because we're all speaking telepathically. Because <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're oh. all in the, uh, the astral plane. Exactly. Anyway. Uh, anywho. So, yeah, she's she's talking with her uh, folks. I guess, so they're saying they're not going to join her is what I got from this. This is kind of cryptic and weird. All right, I didn't reread, so I'm not sure. Um, I also don't have the book in front of me. It's like, also kind of unimportant because <laughs> we never see them again throughout the rest of the issue. So whatever. But um, anyway, so we cut to Emma and and uh, Sebastian Shaw kind of going over the books. Yes. And we find out that that Shaw's part of this whole uh, Hellfire Trading Company is just bleeding money. Yeah, he's not doing what he's supposed to. He keeps. Um, he's also getting no help from Emma. Right. Well, I mean, that's she's, very he's getting true. the opposite of help. And I from think, Emma. Yes. I think that's on purpose. Yeah, because yeah. well, I mean, she's really enjoying twisting the knife right now. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love like, it so at, much. At one point, he just like digs his fingers into the table, which I, I thought yeah. was really great. Yeah, he was getting pissed. <laughs> so yeah, she's. Well, basically, I think he's 
supposed to only serve the black market and um but i guess he was trying to sell it to someone else so she's like so he he lost the shipment but i think you kind of find out that it's because emma's like yeah you're gonna lose that shipment because you're not listening to me right and she even (laughs) she ends the conversation with um with, with like uh we have to move on to more impressing matters like your next insurance claim and then it cuts to kitty or i'm sorry captain kate and her crew just destroying one of his boats yeah i think the the aforementioned shipment that he lost is yeah she sent kate to go just take it out because she wasn't listening <laughs> emma also <laughs> reveals great. like there the whole thing is like um there's a vacant seat and i don't know if shaw knows that emma is the one that got it yeah. Like got like got the third seat like optioned. Yeah, they're talking about the um, the, the red monarch. Yeah. So well, yeah, he's trying to get someone on the, that right. seat. And she's and, like, it's already filled. And Emma hasn't told him who it is yet. Yeah. Yeah. She right. makes him red in the face. Which <laughs> oh. see what you did. RJ getting ready to go. <laughs> There's a lot of wordplay in the beginning. She's For like, sure. you get a lot of red in your leisure. And I yeah. think I think what I was talking I think the cuckoos, I think she wants them one of them to be like her like lieutenants or something on like in the mission. They're like, nah, we're good. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's what she was asked because there's like a gr- uh, there's a there's a graph at the end talking about a like, night. They each have like a night and everything underneath of uh, like the red. Yeah, white, there, black. there's there's what is it? There's a a, a queen slash king, a, a bishop monarch. and a knight, a monarch, a bishop and a knight. Yeah, yeah. So I think maybe the co- and uh, the the they were going to be one of those. And even though he hasn't shown up in the book, he has been teased on covers, and he was officially announced in this that Christian is uh, Emma's knight. Or, it also uh, shows a Bishop. Lord Imperial in the Hellfire Trading Company, which is vacant, yeah. which is above all three of them, which is interesting. Just super excited for Christian to come in. But to jump back into yeah. this, uh, <laughs> this battle, who is this guy in the in the orange and, and purple? Oh Isn't that man, it's Batrock the Leaper. Yeah. Okay. He's such a corny villain, but I love him. So I guess he was the captain of the ship they're commandeering. Yeah, I think he's working for Shaw. Yeah. 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 I love uh, the. F- Action sequences. The action this, sequences are great. In this book so uh, far. Kate is such a badass. Uh, the dragon just going around feeding Pyro fire the yeah, whole that, time. Yeah, that's great. Fantastic. Pyro bites a dude. <laughs> Should be the name of the book. Pyro bites a dude. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then the, they find the ship. And it's like, oh, you're just gonna take the ship. And he's like, no, we're we're gonna we're gonna make an example. And then they just they just <laughs> they s- they, they took a sell boat. the boat. They they blow the boat up. Well, they sink the boat uh, with everything. Pyro tries to sell a boat. He well, yeah, he tries to sell a a different boat that they like commandeer or something. <laughs> I just uh, like um, that part. There, there's something about like, uh, oh, we're we're gonna. Uh, Storm says, Pyro, we're gonna return the sh- the ship. Correct? He goes, Oh, I'll find its owner for sure. And then it just cuts to them auctioning it off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and then uh, he points to he points to Bobby. He's like, Come on, tell them what they're missing. And Bobby's like, It's a boat. It's, <laughs> it, it's nice. It's nice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This had like a, such a weird vibe because it's like it cuts between like Kate and everyone like doing this stuff, and then like Emma and Shaw just like. <laughs> Well, screaming at each other. Shaw just screaming at yeah. Emma, and Emma's just like, "Yeah, I own you." <laughs> yeah, and then uh, it, this is where she reveals to him that she already had the the Red Monarch figured out before she even invited him yeah. on. Yep. And then she starts she she starts like kind of going like, "Oh, so whoever, whatever woman you're sleeping with that you promised this seat to, you're gonna have to have an awkward conversation." Yep. Yeah. And then the other. Oh, this this book went all over the place. 
I and then the Marauder crew, they end up in... Oh, we get to see Gateway, don't we? See Where, Gateway yes, for a and Bishop. They, meet, yes. they, go to, they go to Taipei. Taipei. They meet up with Bishop. Are. And that's that's pretty cool. They got Bishop. They yeah. got tattoos. Um, well, then they're told that Xavier's been killed because apparently X-Force needs to get into every book. I'm worried about how much uh, Kate has been drinking. She's drinking heavily. She is turned a switch i feel like and she's just embraced the pirate life and i'm kind of loving it yeah i it's mean i feel like vibe. this is going to be like a, a demon in the bottle kind of thing later on very oh, very man. possible yeah that would be but i'm digging it right now for sure so yeah they go to hide out in a tattoo shop and the tattoo owner is like look you can hang out in here but you have to get tattooed um and then a bishop already has one yeah bishop's like yeah uh no thanks <laughs> yeah and then B- bobby uh is like yeah, I can't really get a tattoo anywhere that's going to not be visible through the ice. Yeah. <laughs> but they're just like, but you know, maybe someday something Yeah, small. I like that. It's like, yeah, maybe like some, some, some cute. And then uh, Pyro's just like all in. Just, yeah. yeah. Pyro just gets his whole face tattooed. Ugh. With the team symbol. So at least also, he's got loyalty. Kate he's got, got some branding. Yeah. And Kate just got some straight up knuckle tattoos that <laughs> yeah. say hold fast. I'm like, all right, that's, that's pretty rad. That's pretty badass. Yeah, for sure. I was introduced to this game one time called Knuckle Tats, where uh, this is a bit of a tangent, but you stand around in a circle and you pass around a Sharpie. Mm-hmm. So the person to the right of you writes a four letter phrase on that hand. And the person to the left of you writes a different four letter phrase <laughs> on your other hand. And then you decide who has the better phrase at the end. Love it. Did they think they played that to get to figure out what to get tattooed on here? Maybe. But you know how I found out about that game? I was working a conference for work and one of our vendors, like while we had downtime between panels was like doing that was like, do you guys want to play knuckle tats? And then explained what the game was. I was like, we have to talk to clients. What the heck is wrong with you? But you can only play that game once. Yeah. What? Why? Because why not? <laughs> All right. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, and then she also grabs a dope jacket on the way out. Well, she also drops a giant pile of money in front of the guy, I guess, for his troubles, and then grabs a pretty sweet looking coat. Well, I think she says, I can't, he's like, I can't take this. He's like, well, just remember this if I, when I return broke someday. And he gives him a nice smooch. And then she's like, I'm out. See you. Peace. <laughs> yeah, and this is where they get Gatekeeper, right? Is that the... Uh, is that the weird little guy? It's Gateway. 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 Yeah, sorry. Gateway. Not Gatekeeper. And then they get their actual ship, which is their dope. Dope-ass no. boat. Yeah, it's awesome. I like how uh, a Bishop's like, dude, we got to go back to Taipei right now. And then Kate's like, well, this is our new home. Find your new bedroom. And then uh, Bishop's like, you know, we don't really have to go back there right this <laughs> second. Yeah. So has Bishop kind of been like recruited onto the, maybe he's like going to be like in and out with the well, team. Well, we knew he was on the team gonna, from the beginning. Do you think he's going to oh, be? Oh, right. He just went off and did his own thing. Do you think he's going to be her Bishop? Because he's a Bishop. So next page. <laughs> There's a, a, so a, a, moving there's on. a bishop seat no, vacancy. I feel like that would be Storm. And Storm bishop just joined the team. Storm's definitely our second in command. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if Storm wants any part of the monarchy. Yeah, Stor- Storm's kind oh, of only a half in on She's this She's just kind of doing it for Kate. She's that's doing right. it for the for the children. She doesn't right. care about this whole trading. I don't know why Bishop would want to be part of it. Yeah, He's who knows? doing cop stuff. <laughs> yeah, who knows? Uh, maybe it's we'll figure it out. Maybe it's pyro. People are people yeah. are speculating because of the costume change on issue seven that it's uh, Callisto, but I don't know. I just like that Callisto is going to be in the book because yeah. she's dope. But uh, uh, but Kate and crew show up at uh, wherever this meeting is taking place between Emma and Shaw, and 
there's a lot of really great just like moments of mutant ability yeah that's just kind of peppered in here yep. like um bobby is creating this ice path between the dock and the boat so she's yeah they don't they could just park anywhere which yeah is great. i thought that was cool oh that was really neat so uh um, i liked the the emma when shaw like tries to attack her and she just turns to diamond and just like is completely unfazed yeah and she's like is, what are you gonna add that to your list of things that you owe me yeah right. i want emma to get a fight scene in something so bad i feel like for so i've Wanted it for like years. I feel like one might be coming in this book. I hope. I really like her diamond form in this. Yeah, uh, that's really cool. Uh, there, so many people have done this so many different ways, but this way is pretty cool. Like she's got all this kind of like different color refraction thing Which going on. Which makes sense if you're a diamond. Yeah. I just miss sense. people getting diamond punched. Yeah, right. It's diamond so punch. satisfying. <laughs> she's one of the few like really versatile X-Men because she can, she's a almost an Omega level telepath and she's got the tank front so yeah yeah i love her power set yeah so and much. i love this reveal at the end but uh right before this reveal at the end though um it's they're they're going back and forth on on the red queen yeah who seat. the red queen is yeah and uh we cut to this splash page of kitty with her 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 kate sorry i keep doing that you're getting there i you guys like two dollars and the it's I kate know, now jar I know. it's bad we're, we're gonna use that to uh, have the uh, the podcast drinking night we'll just use our kate we should uh, probably use it to keep tap. the podcast going and buy comics. Yeah, we Screw need to that. use it to buy comics. Yeah, we should use it to buy comics. <laughs> We're going to blow point. it all on comics. Yeah. Anyway, uh, we cut to Kate with a long red captain's coat, and she's pouring herself a glass of champagne and says, I'm the Red Queen, bitch. Dude, full pirate garb. It's Love this reveal. My favorite last page in a long, like, of it's the year, really maybe. Good. It's so good. S- it's great. This- maybe, maybe you're on to something, Adam, because at the bottom here it says, enter the Black Bishop next issue. Right? I feel like the Black Bishop being Bishop might be a bit on the nose. A little too on the nose. <laughs> because that would be Shaw's Bishop. Yeah, I don't think he'd work for Shaw. Yeah, I don't yeah. think he would work for Shaw either. So he could be the Red Bishop, maybe. Right. Shaw should get, like, towed. Toad. <laughs> Remember when he was a janitor at the... Uh... Yeah, and he dated Husk, but then it turned out that she w- was, like, betraying him, and sh- it wasn't actually Husk, and it was heartbreaking. <laughs> yeah, he had a rough go at the yeah. Jean Grey school. just let him have a girlfriend. Like, every bad thing that happened at the Jean Grey school happened to Toad. <laughs> and, <laughs> Poor guy. Yeah. Well, also, because Dupe was also everything at that school yeah he was the receptionist yeah so he's but he was also like the gardener and the janitor and everything else so he just he like toad felt kind of unnecessary right poor toad oh i liked i love they'll bring him back i love over in the x-men so much i like dupe man i'm glad we're getting that team back i love dupe i like x-men slimer oh man what team is he gonna be on oh the ecstatics sean is not ready for ecstatics no you're not Especially with ta- us. That's the book right. you've been talking about for a while, right? It's the Mike Allred X-Men book. Okay. It's like, that's, if anything's got my number dialed, it's, it's that, a new it's Mike one? Allred X-Men book. When's that coming book. out? It's soon, like yeah. real soon. I don't okay. think anyone's ready for us to talk about Ecstatics. Is it like looped into the same like event and everything? It's going to be like an ongoing I don't know. with everything? Or is it like yeah, a we're not sure. Thing? Okay. I was curious. But their whole thing is they're like, um, they were like a real world reality show. Of all right. So like, they start as X-Force. The first issue, they all die. Except one person. <laughs> okay. <So laughs> yeah, that's, how, let, that's how it begins. We're going to table that for a yeah. different day. We'll table that for when issue one comes out. It's, it's so good. That's awesome. All right. So yeah, it's uh, a fun issue too. I like, I like this 
this is probably my favorite Xbox so far. Yeah, I, I I've been saying this for for a while. Even before Marauders one came out, I was like, I have a feeling Marauders is going to be my book in this whole yeah run. Yeah, I'm starting to feel. The I mean, same I way. just, I mean, it's a, just a given because Emma's on it. Right. But this and Excalibur are definitely my favorite. Yeah, Excalibur was really good this week. We we almost had Excalibur as uh, a top story, and then it no was, one picked it up as a top. Actually, pick. just because it's kind of related to Marauders, there's this great. Um, part in Excalibur with uh Betsy and Kate where it's like Captain <laughs> Captain uh Betsy, Captain Kate. Uh, yeah, I was right. like, oh, I love that. Oh, yeah. So good. Yeah, the beginning when they're trying to take uh Rogue to the island, there's just like all that witty pirate banter and stuff yes. like that. I yeah. thought it was I we're not gonna talk about it as much, but I liked issue two a lot more than issue one. So right. I'm glad. Same. I'm getting I'm getting on the board with Excalibur. All right, Sean. All what right. else you got? I'm going to do my best with this one because it was kind of hefty, but it's going to be um, Batman White Knight Presents Von Freeze. Oh, man. By Sean Murphy um, and Klaus Jansen. Um, it's a flashback and flashback and flashback flashback. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, you kind of know that. Yeah. So it starts, the book starts, I'm going to run through it as best I can to kind of give you the cliff notes. Oh, that is a lot. beefy. Yeah, it's beefy. So I'm going to do, a, so it starts out, it's kind of like you see uh, an old man with a baby who just got shot by a Nazi. Um, Merry Christmas, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> God bless and then, us, everyone. And then it's like, you know, it's like, he's like, he's got a baby. He's like, Victor, please take care of this baby, whatever you do. So it kind of flash forwards to Victor Von Fries and um, his lab on the night of Bruce Wayne's birth. <laughs> so Thomas Wayne and Martha come in and she appears to be going into labor. Um, so they're going back and forth. Uh, Thomas Wayne's very insistent that he's going to perform whatever needs to be performed on this person. He's got shaky hands, and Victor's just like, I got you, my cryotech that I'm doing here. Going to save Martha. We'll go. She's stable. We're going to go in the other room. So Thomas Wayne starts talking. <laughs> um, you know, Victor's like, you're going to be a great father. Don't worry about it. And then Thomas, very matter of fact, he's like, speaking of shitty fathers, how's your dad? Just like, really goes to it. So who's called the Baron? Because I think he was Baron von Fries is his name. But like, but he's a, he's a, he's a Nazi. Uh, oh. Or he was a Nazi. Because this, I guess, takes place later. And then they kind of go back and start talking about how this lab that Thomas helped them build is going to be a redemption for the crimes of his, not forgiveness for his father, but like kind of doing some right because his father did a lot of bad and this man named jacob really gonna do cliff notes on this one so victor's business partner was jacob smithstein in uh world war ii germany smithstein yeah so uh there's the uprising against the you know uh the jewish community uh in germany at that time you don't say yeah so they're like, oh, maybe this is a passing phase. Then Hitler comes and they're like, uh-oh. <laughs> so basically, uh, to help his friend and business partner, everything gets transferred to Victor's dad, the Baron. So Smithstein's like removed from the name and they kind of have him go in hiding in this lab so the Germans can't find him. And as they're living together, Victor is trying to like get close to his dad by doing experiments. Um, but he spills something and his dad like hits him and he runs and Jacob the business partner helps clean him up. And ever since then, basically 
Jacob almost becomes like a second father as Victor's dad gets more and more jealous and resentful of both Jacob and his son because he doesn't really have a relationship with his son. Um, but this, his business partner does. So eventually his business partner does have a kid. And while he's there, uh, the Baron is meeting with Himmler about getting funding for a lab for a ice death ray, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> well because they're like as you do because they're like masters in cryotech so they're they stay in germany and all that stuff but basically um he find he doesn't really have a choice himmler's like you're doing this um but then they're like to keep up appearances it would look better if you joined the ss which he does so he comes back to his lab where his friend business partner his jewish business partner just had a baby dressed up in full ss garb understandably his friend freaks out yeah (laughs) freaks out but then realizes he really doesn't have any other options so he moves him to this other facility to still hide from the germans yeah well the and he's also against it um but he's like i'm gonna be able to this is how i'm gonna best protect you exactly he he doesn't really want he does it hesitantly but like he probably could have done a better job but like sure i think he there's a lot of factors that go into it but yeah he still he he feels like he's doing it with good intentions, but it doesn't feel like good intentions. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, if you're wearing a Nazi uniform. Right. Exactly. I don't think anything you do in that uniform feels like it's good intentions. Right. So they moved to this new facility, which they're testing the cryotech on. A uh, real shocker on um, Jewish prisoners. Ugh. Yeah. Gets there. So basically, Jacob, uh, the business partner, finds out. is like, nope, you're not. we're not lab rats. Screw you. I'm taking my family, and we're going home. But he's got really close with Victor at this point. So basically he's like packing up his whole family and right as he's about to leave, he whispers to Victor's like, grab your coat, meet me downside. We're going. So he tells Victor to come with him to like escape this facility and get away from his dad. So they escape and it kind of cuts to the beginning where they're confronted by other people on patrol there. Uh, Victor front, you know, the Baron shows up and the other Nazis that are there are like, you're kind of familiar with these prisoners. Like what's going on here? And then eventually um, the man, Jacob steals a gun. There's a tussle. He gets shot. And then Victor, he's basically protect my baby, protect the kid, you know, my newborn child. Uh, it says promise you'll protect Nora. And if you, anyone's familiar with the uh, Mr. Freeze ethos. Nora's his wife traditionally, where he's trying to keep her alive forever. But now it's actually this man's son that his family friends, uh, or sorry, daughter. Wow. Yeah. Cut to. Uh, so they do that. Uh, eventually, the Baron helps them escape. Um, eventually, the family does. You know, he he thinks better of it. Finally, he's like, "Oh my god, I screwed up so bad." Now, my be- like one of my friends is dead. So they track down the truck that the family gets taken in. Um, the Baron uses his freeze gun in a very cool splash page, kills a bunch of Nazis, freezes them all, shoots them all in the face. It's kind of great. <laughs> Doesn't make up for anything he did, but it was a it was an awesome. It looked really cool, but like it's very like hard tone. Like you say, it's a you know it's a Nazi story, so yeah, it's never gonna go great. So eventually they escape all together and they get to France. They keep the family gets free and then they keep the Baron prisoner until uh, the end of the war. It cuts it back to the lab where Thomas Wayne's like, wow, I had, I had, I had no idea. I had so many questions. And he like looks over to the woman that's there. He's like, have you heard this story? Uh, I'm sorry. What's your name? She's like, Nora. No, I had no idea. 
awkward. Yeah. So the, wo- the woman that's here basically is like, oh, this is why my family told me to come here when you wrote about this lab because that was your charge basically <laughs> to save me from Nazis. So it was a kind of, it's a very different Victor Von Fries uh, character. It's not Mr. Freeze. It's him as like a, a scientist before all that stuff like with, with Thomas and all that stuff. So eventually uh, it gets through Martha's fine. Bruce is born. And then Thomas gives him uh, like a, a memento from his grandfather, like a stopwatch for all the help that he gave him. Um, and then it cuts to him, uh, Victor as an old man talking to Batman telling him, and he's telling him all of this. I thought you were going to say, and it cuts to him just getting beaten up by <laughs> Batman. No, it's a very good <laughs> moment. Actually, he, he tells him the whole story and actually gives the stopwatch to, to Bruce. Oh. Um, and you see Victor's working there. Nora's actually still working there with them as well. Um, and he, he gets a stopwatch and it cuts to, um, that's the end of the issue. So like, this is like a direct lead in and like tie in with his curse of the white knight story that he's, um, writing. It was just, this was just about freeze and kind of expanding that universe. And there's a page at the end where Sean Murphy's talking about, um, how he was talking with, uh, with Klaus Jansen about doing the art. He's like, would you, you know, knowing, you know, his heritage and everything. He's like, would you want to do this? He's like, absolutely. Like, I want to, um, he's like, maybe this isn't what our book should be about. It can be about broken families and the difficulty of moving on. And he immediately knew that they wanted to write this book. So he normally does his own art, but he, he wrote the book for his art for this story. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I thought it was a really well done. It, this one popped when the, I was reading it. The art's really cool. I like, yeah. the, I like the, the, the color, like it's very cold. And yeah. it's snowing throughout. Which yeah, it's I snowing was throughout. Cool. Um, like, yeah, I, I really liked the tone, the the art. It was, it was really good. It was really <laughs> this one really stood out to me, especially like kind of lashing into a pretty good series already with the Batman White Knight thing and everything. Mm. It was a really cool tie-in. So I wonder if they're going to be doing more because you made a note that originally this was going to be in that run, but he ran out of room. So I wonder if there's going to be more of that where he kind of expands the universe a little bit with like the other characters like but like this was really cool yeah it was, was really good awesome yeah it like i'm not doing it justice like the tone and the way it progresses like it was it was heartbreaking man yeah it was really but like, this is not a of miss like the von fried like this is not a character this is not someone you see like he's never like this it's yeah, a he's totally always, different take on this character uh, he's he's one of the more three-dimensional batman villains like you don't see him as much as just dot like the professor like doctor like before yeah. he's mr freeze you don't see just yeah. victor as much and he's I also that been was really mishandled cool. i think more than any other batman villain yeah they did make him kind of campy and jokey for a long time yeah um and schwarzenegger man right because he does have, like already saying he does have depth like well the whole yeah once they sure. introduced the whole wife thing yeah he became very interesting yeah yeah, and like that was the reason for everything. Yeah, like I like this. Like the whole backdrop is they're all like they're on the cutting edge of cryotechnology. Or you have a uh, Scott Snyder's take where it's just the woman he was obsessed with, and he's yeah, that was weirder. Yeah, I liked this take, like because they used his history and background and stuff. Like I liked this a lot. It made it, it made me really like the character again. Like it was it was yeah. really well done, and like like the art was great. It. It was really good. And it, like the whole kind of story behind how they got to it, it was really cool. So yeah, 
I can't recommend this one enough. One of my favorite cosplay uh, interactions was I was riding the train to comic to Philly Comic Con, and there was a guy in our car in a perfect Mister Freeze costume, like like look just like Mister Freeze from the animated series. Oh man, complete with the bubble wow. over his head that he wore the whole time. So he was like having f- conversations with people on the train inside this bubble, and everything he said. <laughs> <laughs> was like muffled by being inside this puddle. It was just the funniest thing I'd ever seen. That's awesome. I was like, what happens if he sneezes? <laughs> or it gets a phone call? Like, how does he answer the phone? <laughs> He's got a Bluetooth headset. I'm good. To, yeah. <laughs> sneezing, I'd be terrified of sneezing. Right? Yeah. Like, especially like a really gross one. Oh, God. It's just him in the cafeteria line. It's like, what's going to happen? <laughs> Cut to black. I want to know. <laughs> yeah, how does he eat? I don't know. This it was like, it was so funny. He just though. only can have smoothies through like one tiny little hole in his, <laughs> in this mask. Yeah, I, I like to think it was one of those things that he just didn't think that far ahead. Yeah, so it got to lunchtime and he's like, oh, he's like, oh crap. I I actually <laughs> thought you were gonna say that there was uh you like you were standing next to him in the train and he and then there was a second one that came in and was your honor Schwarzenegger one. Oh, uh, that would have been great. <laughs> that would have been such a great or, interaction. Or just like at one stop, just fifty jokers got on the train. <laughs> This isn't Jimmy Olsen. Yeah, yeah. we'll get yeah, to that later. Yeah, it's not a Jimmy Olsen issue. Oh. So. <laughs> All right, RJ, what else All you got? Right. I've got uh, The Amazing Mary Jane, number two, uh, by Leah Williams and Carlos Gomez. Uh, still continues to just be so... This book is so you. So up my alley. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's like she wrote this for you specifically. <laughs> like, Mysterio in this is like, I feel like he's... I don't even know. Just peak Mysterio, I guess, in a way. It's just so <laughs> it's so absurd, but it's great. He's he's so so great in this. He's ridiculous. Um, all right. So it opens with Mary Jane giving a monologue. Um and then Mysterio cuts and there's supposed to be wind blowing, but the fan is being taken away. And you find out that Mysterio has no money left for this movie. His budget has just He's like ran through everything. Yeah, somehow. Man, I've been on shoots like that. <laughs> yeah, so the, this crew just shows up and just starts taking and stuff. And they start taking everything <laughs> away. And then he's like, what? No one called me. And he looked at his contacts and it's all the rental company. They've been calling him for days. Um, you haven't paid your rental fee in weeks. Yeah. So, the, so Mary Jane's like, all right, calm down. It's going to be fine. Let's go get funding. So... Her and her and Mysterio go around Hollywood and to all these different uh people to try to get funding for the movie and they get shut down completely. But I thought Mysterio's whole thing is that he just had money to burn on this whole. Well, well you, he took over. He's like in place of the director. Oh, that's right. He he like that's right. Yeah, he's pretending to be this director. Well, they find out. You find out why they lose the money because he's like because he's not him and people are like what the hell is wrong with this dude he's like freaking out he's like he's known for his calm demeanor and like there's it just cuts to him we are making art just yeah, screaming so, at somebody so like uh they like took they like the retracted the a lot of their funding went viral yeah so they took a lot of the funding yeah. away so now it's like an art house movie instead of like a big budget uh, so like he's superhero. just he's just ruining this guy's career too yes uh yep he, this guy's going to come back from the North Pole or wherever. Yeah, shooting like, penguins. In director jail. Yeah, he's going to be kind of screwed at this point. That's great. So 
And then uh, Mysterio kind of has a, a well, he gets denied funding from almost everyone, so he has this breakdown in the middle of uh, in the street. It just starts making. He's like, well, yeah, he just starts making all these illusions of the of this Sinister Six and everyone, and he's like, could uh, what, what does he say? Um, I thought once they saw it, saw what we'd accomplished, they'd recognize the triumph that this film would become, the awards it would win. And then Mary, and then he gets really sad, and and Mary Jane's like, "You you thought they would forgive you?" So he takes off his mask, and he goes, "Yes." And I, oh man, just hit me in the heart. <laughs> so good. Uh, so then she's like, "All right, you're you're scaring people because he's making all these illusions in the middle of the street, and everyone's running away." And she's like, "You don't want spoilers." And it's like, "Oh, you're right." So he, he calms oh my down. God. It's so absurd, dude. She's just a hostage negotiator at this point. It, yeah, that's yeah. pretty much. So she's like, all right, this is going to be a new year. We're going to reinvent, uh, we're going to rebrand Cage. I mean, of, uh, of course you run hot. You're a Hollywood bad boy, not the meek cinephile nerd they thought you were. You're an eccentric genius. You let nothing compromise the sanctity of your artistic venom. Instead, now you're an auteur. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. So really upplaying uh, what, what he is. Yeah. And then, yeah. It's, so the, he's like, yeah. I, I, I am. I know this guy. Oh, I'm oh, sure you do. I think there's a million of them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can think of a few people. But there's also, uh, she also talks about like, <laughs> he's like, uh, when they're talking about the funding, she's like, yeah, you, they wanted uh, the Cage McKnight, the millennial Fellini. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> oh, I hate him so much. <laughs> <laughs> he's just like such an easily hateable villain in this now so, yeah yeah she goes you're an auteur and he goes of course i am what what did you think i stumbled into poignancy by accident no because i am a visionary oh god <laughs> yeah it's ridiculous well you needed a confidence boost <laughs> yeah you're, I love you're only here because you super villained your way in here yeah but he's like <laughs> oh, it's so ridiculous so then they go to a car mechanic to get funding who apparently has just a bunch of money to fund movies. Yeah. I mean, mechanics make a lot of money. I guess, I guess like, this guy does really well. So he's like, so where's your passion? Where's the passion for this project? And he's like, I can't deal with you, dude. Uh, art is art. It's wavering oasis, mirage out in the desert that the observer sees alone. The difficulty will never, the difficulty will never be in what you can see, but in the convincing others to make the pilgrimage to come see what you, you'd, what you see too. You must ask them to make the, make an, uh, arduous journey of faith of the promise that it's not actually a mirage and they t- in turn are trusting that the thirst quenching paradise you promised they'll they'll find across the treacherous desert is real so i can't show you where i'm hiding the art you just have to come with me and I, I cannot wait to see him get punched by spider-man later i also feel like series. but then uh, it works yeah the mechanic gives him the money he's just like sure dude but i feel like uh that could be a direct quote that Leah Williams has heard at some point. Yeah, it, it I, I feels feel like, very specific. I, I feel kind of tuned into this because, like, yeah. I've I've worked on some bad sets, <laughs> like yeah. so so bad that I don't even pursue that line of work anymore. Yeah, this just feels like that, like just channeling all of that uh, experience into like this this one character. <laughs> yeah, but the, the whole self proclaimed auteur. Yeah, yeah. Uh, sure, but I mean. Uh, you gotta have some amount of narcissism to want to sure jump in there. <laughs> oh gosh, Mysterio yeah. has that in spades, though. Oh yeah, no, there's no one more confident in himself than Mysterio. I just also there's this great part where um, she's like, "Well, you had the the 
it's like why don't you make illusions why don't you just cut the budget for for uh for the effects, effects yeah. and he's like no it has to be practical effects what are you talking about <laughs> and he's mysterious yeah right which is so great because that's, like that's whole- what a, but that's what a movie director because practical effects are that's way better yeah yeah they're way better (laughs) and i just love that even mysterio has passion and like respect for practical effects despite the fact that his whole his whole deal is not that thing is is like illusions it's so great that's so like really good it's not even like you know fake it's like real like It'd be way better than computer generated stuff. Uh, I just uh, I hate him so much. So MJ shows up. <laughs> oh, uh, so MJ and him show wait. up back on set, and they're like, "We have an indie budget now. We're indie." <laughs> oh, of course. And because of that, yeah, because they, of that, they lose their they lose their Mysterio. They lose the the actor playing Mysterio yeah. because he's got too many kids, <laughs> <laughs> or he's just sag. He's got two like, ex wives. And well, yeah, he, he said got he a better he's got to pay child support. He's yeah. like, I can't afford it now that this is an indie film. I need more money. <laughs> so then someone's like, uh, MJ's like, Mysterio, why don't you play? Or no, because every time they say Cage, it's yeah. in quotes because he's not the real Cage. Oh, like, that's funny. Cage, why don't you play? Don't you he's play? like, what are you talking about? I can't. It's like, no, Cage. And then uh, nudge, nudge. <laughs> the other, the the woman on set, uh, the other, the one who's not MJ. She's like, uh, it's not like you're. Uh, someone playing in their own biopic or anything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to show up on set and they're going to be like, you sound and look exactly like Mysterio. Yeah. You're so yeah, good at you're this. You're so good. Exactly. Yeah. It's going to be one of those things. Yeah. Um, and then the last thing to happen is that Vulture shows up and he goes, who's going to play me? And it's the Savage Six. The Savage Six. And it's, uh, it's the guys from the first issue, uh, the, the cliffhanger from the first issue. And they, they all show up on set. He's like, look, we had Ben Kingsley in mind, <laughs> but it turns out Michael Keaton apparently for some reason. That's okay. <laughs> That's fine. He did a he did a great job. Dude, ben Kingsley would have been a great vulture. Now they're gonna save him for another ridiculous Spider-Man villain. I'm not sure which one, but the like, ma- the Mandarin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah well, <laughs> they kind of wasted him, didn't they? Uh, With the Mandarin, didn't they? That's unfortunate. Any anyway, we'll get Ben Kingsley anyway. Back. Uh, so I really. Um, I love this book so much. I think my favorite part of the Savage Six showing up is because he employs criminals slash other like hero, like not hero, like other villains. They immediately just start fighting them. Like there's one dude just getting ready to punch the rhino. So like they're not like all running away scared. Like they're yep. like trying to fight him because they're attacking the movie set, which I think is fantastic. <laughs> yeah, Kangaroo just jumps right in there. Yeah, exactly. I thought it was great, which also Kangaroo. Kangaroo. That's love it. Yeah. I just, I love this like, as much as he's, it's so great because Mysterio, even though he's completely ridiculous in this and he's a villain, there's such a, I love the, the beat of like, uh, heartwarming and like kind of sad and just tragic. Right. Yeah, that, for sure. Cause he, he wants, he wants to be taken seriously and he, he doesn't, he wants people to, to see the real him. Yeah. And this well, no. man of illusion just, just can't get people to, to, you know, realize that he's a human but he's also this film brat but he's a film brat so much so that he's a super villain about it <laughs> yeah like no, that's that's, that's a good pretty, way to put it that's pretty funny yeah he's a s- <laughs> like he's he's so much of an insufferable film brat that it, he's just a, a villain now. well i yeah, also right. love how his him being his like his super villainy also doesn't sacrifice any of his respect for film. <laughs> right. Like instead right. they actually strengthen each other. 
as opposed to cancel each other out. Yeah. Right. He. It's almost like it's his super pa- one of his powers. Yeah. At this point, it's like, it's his villain origin story. Yeah. Right. Exactly. It's, it's like Hitler was a bad painter. <laughs> <laughs> kind of origin story and that's that's probably that's too far in the other direction yeah because i but, i, I yeah, think I the mean. whole the point is that he's not i mean not completely terrible he's just this this is his 3d this is his his like you know getting character development yeah it's, i just love now that he's making a movie about himself that he's <laughs> disguised as someone else and now he's going to play himself in this movie as someone else. There's, but <laughs> there's no nuts. way that people are, are, are not going to find out that he's is, not that guy because he's like, going to come back from also, shooting penguins and be like, well, what the heck yeah, is going Yeah, that's going to be there? a fun twist. So that's even more perfect point. for the whole, like, the whole film thing is like he's impersonating someone creating a film about him. the real him. Like yeah. That, that just adds to the level. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure he so loves great. it. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure he does. Whew. It's it's so good. Yeah, this book is so you. <laughs> it's so it many is. ways. Yeah. It's great. I, I'm actually enjoying it more than I thought I would. I like it. It's a very Yeah, it's a different look at a lot of these characters that I'm not super familiar with, but it feels very unique to me. I like it a lot. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, my second pick this week is the Mask, I Pledge Allegiance to The Mask Number 2 by Christopher Cantwell and Patrick Reynolds. Oh, boy. So who died horribly in this issue? <laughs> a bunch of people. The, okay, cool. Uh, Got it. The violence in this is only... It's it's a crescendo Dude, of violence. There's a, a good, piece ooh. of violence that I wasn't even sure what happened. The person just ended up dying at the end. Yeah, like his face... Th- that thing where he like rips his face off. Yeah, I was like, is he getting s- like transitioned to death? Like, is he getting screen wiped to death? <laughs> Dude, that's, no, man. that's nuts, man. The, there's, there's kind of... Um, I, I do have a bit of a criticism about this book and that it doesn't really... Or I, I, it could just be that I'm, I'm reading these too quickly, but there's a lot of moments where I find myself very lost as the reader because there's a lot of stuff that they allude to that happened in um, previous story arcs of The Mask where they just kind of assume that you've read it yeah that's where i'm at also there's also stuff within this story arc that they're kind of just assuming around i've never read a mass comic before this um i i just kind of like am picking up at the or picking on the uh the story threads that i do know like just him running for office yeah just that's kind of just what i'm paying attention to i i mean i don't know Maybe the writers are yes ending just as much as we're reading. I guess uh, I would I would strongly recommend going back and reading at least the first two volumes of the mask, which last I checked, I believe they're on Comixology Unlimited just to kind of get. So I might have to go back and reread them because to get familiar with like the lore of the mask, just to kind of figure out what the heck is is (laughs) going on. There's a lot of character interaction. I'm like, all right. And you just open to that page. Here we go with the what you guys were talking about that is something yeah i saw you react holy to that. crap yeah it's, it just looks like they're like he's like yeah they hit. don't even show and then his head's just gone like what yep. is going yeah, on yeah we'll, we'll get we'll get to it yeah anyway. so so it starts off um we're in this uh this kind of i guess it's a homeless shelter kind of thing and there are these two guys playing chess or one of the guys is playing chess with one of like the security guards at this place and everyone around is getting in, like super involved in this chess game, which ends with the security guard just swatting the board away. <laughs> and then awesome. uh, one of these guys that was in this group tries kind of sneaking off. And this retired cop from the first issue 
ends up tackling him in in the back parking lot. I guess um, he came in and the guy saw him. But we find out that this dude is the guy who killed that f- those foster parents in the first issue. Mm-hmm. So this cop who I'm picking up on now at one point or another wore this mask. So he so kind of he's seen the signs. And he was big head at one point. Um, there's this kind of thing where like there's this odd addiction to the mask because you have all of this power. You're invulnerable. Yeah, there's a lot of people who have previously worn it in the book, right? Yeah, the, because there's the conversation about like, uh, I was like, oh, you have it now. I don't know. There's there's this ex cop and um, there's this woman who's the mayor of this city who's who's running for president. Right. They they both for sure have worn it. Got it. So he's talking to this guy. He's like, "What did you do with it? Where is the mask?" And he's like, I, "I got rid of it. I threw it into the river." And then at one point, he goes like, "How did you overcome it?" And he was like, "I just prayed. I prayed and prayed and prayed." And then there's this great shot of the cop going like, "And that worked? <laughs> like, like, like that's that's all you needed? That's, that was it?" So, um, so it's like almost like you said, because it's so much power. Like that, I could see how that would be addicting. You would want to have that back. Yeah, and to like it kind of like almost calls you. Yeah, but uh, so it looks like the the action in this is kind of strange. So it looks like they both get kidnapped. Okay, sure. I guess is what's is what's going on. Here. Sounds great. It's weird. Like there's like it's weird to say that there's jump cuts in comics, but sometimes you get jump cuts. Sometimes, yeah. Like where you kind of transition too much time in between, from one panel to another, yeah. and it's hard to put sometimes together. They just watch a lot of Godard and like here we go. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't remember. I feel like I read something recently that felt like that. I was like, I went back more than once. I'm like, did I miss like? Th- is there three pages missing from this book? Like, what's going uh, on? Ghostbusters on IDW does that a lot. Yeah, like, so that's, I, that's tough. I'm like, did I miss a page? Yeah, like, can't believe <laughs> I got a Godard reference in the non-movie comic. Yeah, that was impressive. <laughs> we'll, we'll play it, RJ. We'll uh, play. So, so we cut to this uh, this this campaign manager's office, who's talking about you know how he had to drop this this candidate and you know what what's going to happen next, and then this dude <laughs> dressed as uh, Uncle Sam comes walking in and then just starts shouting crazy nonsense at him and the the guy thinks he's a singing telegram mm. but he pulls his mask off and it's Big Head under it. Of course. And then we cut to the weirdest death I think I've ever read in comics. It's a full page. <laughs> the guy's just screaming. It's one, two, three, four. It's six panels. He's screaming and each panel he loses a little bit more of his face. Yeah, it's just disintegrating. And we don't see how. And there's also motion blur. So it, I, I, it's like He's being clawed to death. Yeah, it's like of? he's smacking it off of. His, I, I don't. But know. you don't see claws. You don't see anything other than his face and the the lines. So, like, I definitely he. I felt like he was being hit with something, and it was kind of like going back and forth. Yeah, but well, I don't know he what loses his head in the second to last panel, <laughs> and then the last panel is big head dressed like Uncle Sam, singing "Oh, beautiful for spacious guys." It's like just pure insanity, like peak yeah. level big head insanity. Nuts. So then uh, we cut to um, this uh, this lady, the mayor, and she's like working out and sparring and kind of talking about you know big heads back. What are we gonna do and this kind of SWAT team comes in saying, Miss Mayor, we have uh, a situation. And then it cuts to this statue um, in this, this neighborhood in this city that's like a guy pointing, but this 
this headless dude is now hanging from his ankles from this statue oh, with a sign on his chest that says enemy of the people. Damn. Yeah, really, really messed up. And then like now it's out there. Like someone actually goes like, oh, shoot, somebody else found the mask. Yeah. Dang it. So so this retired cop uh, is now kind of deputized as her special advisor. So now we have two people who have previously worn the mask who are trying to both, A, figure out who has it so they can stop him, but also now they're kind of running against him because he's running for president of the United States. And he's murdering every other candidate. He's murdering all the other candidates. Nice. So, so my question is, is the mask itself running for president or is it the person underneath the mask? The, it's it's kind of hard to tell because like with with the mask, there's always a, a part of whoever's wearing it under it. Okay. But it's mostly the insanity of the mask taking over. So I guess the, the it's kind of like the base desire and instinct, which for this candidate is becoming the president of the United States. You add the mask to that. And it's like, okay, well, the only way I know how to do that is to just kill everyone else. He's also doing it pretty successfully, right? I mean, there's like only four or five left. Well, yeah. So, he- so we got to this, uh, this uh, campaign fundraiser. And there's this just real slimy politician guy kind of schmoozing. And he goes into the bathroom to take a leak. And then you see coming out of the toilet, Big Head in, in a snorkel mask grabs the guy and then stuffs him into the toilet and flushes him down the toilet. Just straight up Looney Tune style. Straight up Looney Tune style. But again, remember. He, this is not the Looney Tunes. Lo- only Big Head obeys by those laws of <laughs> physics. So this dude's just squished into a toilet super, and flushed out. Super, dead. <laughs> very, very dead. Yeah, the violence in this is nuts, man. Yeah, It's man. nuts. So we cut to... Uh, the the mayor is having this nightmare where she's kind of talking to the version her version of Big Head. So I guess the version of her in the mask. And um, but yeah, uh, the, the mask has this 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 great line where it says, "You want power, babe? Always have. Ever since you put it on. And what's more powerful, some office that's oval or this? So it's like, yeah, it's like the people who have had a taste for it. There's oh, I guess always this kind of it's it's almost like a drug. Like they're definitely addicted yeah, to the, yeah. the mask and, and the power that it too. has, and it and it calls to them. It has this weird like psychic link with them. So yeah, so she wakes up, and then we cut to later. She's giving a speech, and she's going to give a speech in City Hall. And they kind of mention all of the other deaths, and they're nuts. Like this, this, this <laughs> one candidate was basically just skinned and then hung from a flagpole oh god yeah one I, one was shot out of the cannon of a tank of course it, yeah <laughs> that's dude so this dude's just running around killing everybody the flagpole one just was brutal i remember yeah that's yeah and then this one ugh. grassroots party martin uh, martin burnett washed and waxed to death in his small business car wash chain oh my god <laughs> what does that even mean <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Miyagi to death. Yeah, waxed death. on and waxed <laughs> right oh off. Oh, that is waxed off this mortal coil. 
So, so she's giving this this speech, and then we Jesus. we cut to in the crowd this guy that we met in the first issue, the guy who cut off his own ear and ate it. Oh right, forgot no, about that guy. Just as you do, <laughs> he's uh he's kind of talking. We get a little bit of insight on who he is. Apparently, he just can't feel pain. Oh, so he's lifting up his shirt, and he's got like stitches across his stomach that he starts undoing. That's oh. And then, like, just uh, like opening this big flap of skin. Oh my god! Doctors don't advise this. He pulls out a brick of C four, and then a detonator, puts them together, and then throws them on stage. Oh, there was a. And the whole thing is like, I had to do something to avoid all of these pesky pat downs. So he just sewed it up inside of his body. There was a a blacklist episode like this where the guy that they were tracking couldn't feel pain, so he would. He his whole the reason why he was like in jail or why he was wanted was because he would be a transporter like he would carry microchips and stuff inside his flesh and he he always had like stuff to get out of handcuffs and things in his embedded in his skin. That's crazy, man. Yeah. So <laughs> there, yeah. There so so now we see that we cut to the the news coverage of this that yeah. uh, ex cop managed to kind of tackle the mayor out of the way just just in time before it blew up. And then it <laughs> fizzes out, and then we get Big Head on the screen. Oh, my goodness. And he's just laying it all on the line. Like, look, I'm running for president. Uh, like, okay, so he, he goes, America, vote for me. No more taxes. Instead, schedule one drugs at the supermarket free of charge. Canada shall be ours. A handgun for every child. Every one of you is a dream-deferred millionaire. We will blow up the moon, execute the homeless, steal all the oil, make all the money, create all the jobs. <laughs> so he's just like, all right, just pandering to the absolute worst of us. Yeah, of course, as you do when running for president. Obviously. I would have voted for Brewster and his millions over him. Oh, this was this was a pretty funny moment too. He goes, someone says, uh, of course. He goes, uh, thanks, Lazlo, my main man. Like he has kind of this right hand man right after the the broadcast cuts out and he goes of course sir as far as i'm concerned you're the candidate to beat and he goes you sure some are going to consider me a dark horse in this race you heard i said a dark horse dark horse dark horse (laughs) (laughs) this uh this book is a dark horse release uh i mean i guess that's the joke i'm assuming that's the joke but then he looks right into camera and says go f yourself all right which, is he saying that's a dark horse or to us? I have no idea. Hopefully, hopefully not the dark horse. He's, I wonder if he knows that he's in a comic book. I wonder if he's a yeah, Deadpool that's type. True. <laughs> yeah, that's rude, big right? head. Rude. I don't know. But so yeah, so he's talking to this this mobster who we met in the first issue, and the the guy's like, "Look, we want you as president. That's We're going to do whatever we can that's to fant- get you there." That's fantastic. And then his his family comes in, his wife and kids, and then uh, he he calls after his son. He says, "There, there are my little munchkins. Come here, give your old man a squeeze." And his son goes, "Daddy, are you a monster now?" And he just smacks him and goes, "You little bastard!" Oh, <laughs> so geez. it's like, yeah, just the absolute. This is just not, man, this is just nonsense at this point. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. crazy, absolutely crazy. And then we cut to um, this ex cop has a similar dream where his version of big head is talking to him gotcha um and then then we just cut to uh kind of talking heads 24-hour news cycle Mm -hmm. shows and it's just they're all just all in like they they all love him yeah they love oh it's awesome (laughs) because of course they do (laughs) because he's you know he's pandering to everybody so they're all gonna be happy they're all gonna get what they want right yeah i guess and then it cuts to uh to this this candidate holding the mask and looking at it so he's not wearing it now 
but there's this this speech bubble from the mask itself that just goes, don't puck out on me here. And uh, this crazy dude with no pain comes in. Oh, God. So yeah. now these goods are like teaming up? But the, this this uh, crazy Canadian guy just goes, just, uh, just be sure to keep your head. Heavy is the one that wears the crown. Ooh. And then the little blurb for next issue, I think, is pretty great. It says, in the presidential debate of the century, a woman with a noble cause takes on a deranged, green-headed murderer who promises to provide every taxpayer with as much high-tech weaponry as they can carry. All right. I'm in. Yeah. That sounds insane. It's totally can't, bonkers. Can't wait to hear about issue number three. Yeah. Just a, uh, a, a Looney Tune uh, murderous maniac <laughs> running for president. Definitely not the mask that I was promised in, in 2000s movies. That's what I don't get. <laughs> like the, the Jim Carrey movie, it, ma- it made making a, an actual adaptation of the mask impossible forever. Mm-hmm. Because anyone who was like, oh, we want to make a rated R movie of The Mask, they're like, no, it's yeah, for you, kids. Yeah, you can't do that yeah. anymore. Yeah, but Forever the, ruined. They went so far away from the source material. I could, I could see that now. Like, this is nuts. Yeah, it's, it's so weird to see what happens with adaptions like that. Yeah. Just, I, yeah, I imagine it would be difficult selling a straight straight adaptation of the mask did they just like see when they initially pitched the the jim carrey movie was it just like cartoons so it's gotta be for kids i I just think they 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 found out it was a comic book and they were like oh well kids like comic books but like it's almost like no one involved in that movie read the book but i feel like they could have done it like it would have been similar to like who framed roger rabbit yeah it could have been that kind of vibe they could have even gone like as far as pg-13 yeah because who framed roger rabbit again kind of the same similar type thing with the world and cartoon vibe like that's a dark but what's weird is that they only <laughs> they a only dark movie they, they changed i mean they changed uh d- details about the story 100 comp- percent. but yeah. as far as the premise they only tweaked one minor detail and that's in the comic big head is the only one that obeys by cartoon physics yeah but in, that's a big change. In the movie, they were like Big Head and whoever he encounters yeah. also obey by those same physics. So he's not killing anybody because right. they turn to rubber. Yeah, exactly. But that that definitely changes the tone. It completely <laughs> changes the tone. Also, I don't know if it was as much that movie that killed future adaptions as much as Son of Mask. Probably. Yeah, that was pretty bad. Uh, <laughs> that was a blew crime. Up, blew up and erased the chance for any more Mask movies. Yeah. 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 I I I want to say like like hopefully this this book gets some traction and it gets people reading it. But I just I wish they would uh they would have a little more concession for people who are just jumping in. Yeah. Because it's a great book and I really highly recommend it. But it's it's hard to really get through it without knowing more about knowing the whole. Yeah. I was I'm a little lost, but I enjoy the whole running for office thing. Yeah, it's so funny. (laughs) It's just like, it, it's like they were sitting around a dark horse and they, they either said like, what's the funniest thing we could do with the mask? Or they said, who's the worst person to run for president? And it came up with the mask. And they were like, oh, do we still own the rights to the mask? Because that would be hysterical. <laughs> and then now we have this book. It's like someone get me Christopher Cantwell on the phone. Yeah. But yeah, he's been doing a great job with this. Like just the, the sheer creativity of the violence because yeah. that's that's always been a, a the masks thing is creative violence yeah, it seems to be creative that's for sure yeah so yeah that's right. that's top picks so i'll just mention casey's real quick oh yeah um so she 
her two would have been uh, the question, the question, the deaths of Vic Sage number one with Jeff Lemire and uh, it was very good. Dennis Cohen, it was very good. It's another DC black label book, kind of. It's like. I don't. I'm not familiar with the question, but it's, it was really good. Uh, it just seems like a relaunch of like the character. Like a, he's uh, he's great. He's, yeah, he's like Batman, but not. <laughs> I mean, he's Warshack. <laughs> he's Warshack. Yeah. So it was a good issue. Um, I I think Olympia was the other one, number one, uh, by Kurt and Tony Pyers and Alex uh, Diodo. I think this is the one that she was like really excited about because this was like the Jack Kirby, uh, old. Uh, like new gods type people come to life and um, with this kid. Just oh yeah, that's got Casey written all just over it. Found, found him crash landing in the woods. Um, and so it's like that plus like, you know, the big budget Spielberg type movies. So like I, they'd say that's like the inspiration. It's like Jack Kirby meets Spielberg. Um, and like kind also of very good. Yeah, it was very good. The background is like the, the guy Kurt Pyers wrote it with his dad um, while he was in the hospital. Uh, and they kind of came up with the whole story. Uh, I guess his dad passed away at some point while they were writing it. Now it's all coming out. Um, but yeah, they're, that's why they're, they're they're both on the the title for the authors. Cool, man. It was really good. Um, I'm excited to see the rest of this one come out. But yeah, this one screamed Casey for yeah. sure. Man, it stinks. I know. It does. We miss Casey. We do, especially on the biggest week yeah. possible. Yeah. So she could freak out about Jack Kirby comics because. That's her favorite thing to freak out about. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, where do we want to start with Top Story? Do you want to do Gwenpool or Jimmy? Oh, man. I'll say I'll say Gwenpool. Both at the same time? Yeah, we'll just do a page of each back to back. Let's just do cocaine real quick and then just <laughs> run away. Yeah. Uh, yeah, let's, let's, let's try to do Gwenpool. I feel like we can we can do this. Yeah, together. This uh, this sold out like crazy at our shop. I actually got kind of a dinged up copy. Yeah, this, this is probably um, the copy that Casey read and put back on the wall. She said, uh, "I don't think she got to read it." Oh yeah, that's right. She, she didn't get to read books it because she just throws um, them to the wall. Yeah, just <laughs> throws them around. <laughs> I think because you like you mentioned it, a lot of people bought this. Now she was probably like, "I'll give the dinged up one to Adam because he doesn't care if his books are dinged up. Just <laughs> just look at the way he keeps his books." Yeah, they're just strewn everywhere. <laughs> um, so. It'll get bagged and boarded next century. Yeah. <laughs> by the time it loses all its value, then I'll bag and board it. <laughs> perfect. Perfect timing. That's the way I roll. All right. So this picks up where, right where the last one let's, uh, left off with her having to fight the Hulk in this battle royale she's created. Uh, and very cleverly, since she's hiding from the Hulk, is speaking to us in Morse code. She's speaking in Morse code. <laughs> Um, and they give the whole Morse code written out, which I thought was a nice touch. And then they kind of start filling in exactly what she's saying. Yeah. I thought they were just going to make me have to get a decoder (laughs) and like figure out that would have been the best. That would have been awesome. That would have been so funny. And just wouldn't have done it. Yeah. No, I just would have skipped it. (laughs) Oh, absolutely. I would have been like, oh, she's, she's hiding. It's fine. I'll figure it out. I'll figure it out later. Yeah. And then you just kind of see, um, she so she's signing and then the Hulk is in the background just I know you're out there. Where are you? Just screaming. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So then she cuts to, uh, she's talking about like, could a comic character do this um, thing? And now it cuts to a cloud of the creator of Gwenpool. Yeah, we get this weird interjection from the guy who created the character. (laughs) Yeah, who uh, very clearly states that he's never spoken to the character. (laughs) Did either of you read the credits page before no, just, no, I, uh, I read the credits page. Yeah, so I read the I read the credits page, and I was like, "Why did 
did, did Christopher Hastings do one issue of this yeah. book? No, one page. Because it, it, no, it just one, one page. Yeah. So, one so page. The, the credits page says Leah Williams writer page is one and then three to 20. And <laughs> yeah. it says Christopher Hastings writer page two. Which And then they make a reference and that's like, hey, go check the credits page. I only have one. And then, <laughs> yeah. So there's going back and well, forth. I had, I had read it before that though. Like I read it before I... And, I was, and then and you're I was like, wait, like, what's going on? Yeah, yeah, I was like, what's going to happen? Yeah. Yeah, I thought so. They started having a conversation. He's like, I only got this one page, and um, it, it became really awkward for him to talk to Gwenpool because uh, the internet refers to him as daddy, and he didn't, <laughs> he didn't like that at all. I, I like how this is this is a fun clapback to a lot of the bad criticism this has gotten from Absolutely. The fans who yeah. are like, Oh, the original was so much better. It's like, All right, well, here's the creator of the character going, like, No, I'm, I'm signing off on this. I mean, and I love the last, um, panel the two of his i love this like i I like when he says gwen and i have never actually spoke uh whenever i was writing her and then she goes that's right he's not grant martison he wouldn't do that (laughs) and i had to stop reading because i was just laughing yeah and then there's a he's so he's trying to reveal that there's a secret that he's never told anyone and it's like your father his name (gasps) is Ted pool <laughs> like Deadpool. It's an Easter egg. No, I'll see your mom's name is Martha. Just so, like yeah. Bruce Wayne and Superman. Yeah. And it's just like, anyway, something to think about since you're supposedly from the real world, but I, I'm the one who named your parents. And then the whole, the, her reaction is like, no, Oh, off. like, <laughs> bye. See ya. And then at the last one, it's like, I miss you. <laughs> <I thought. laughs> Such a, and then the whole time she's like talking to this cloud face uh she's running from the hulk obviously because they're battling um so they're running back and forth uh quentin choirs live streaming it getting some get some mad she, likes i love that she's running from the hulk she's exhausted but then she has to point out that black panther and black cat are fighting and she's like it's a calf fight. Yeah. <laughs> Which is fantastic. Then, but like, she's exhausted. And yeah. She just has to stop to make the joke. Just couldn't help Which, herself. I mean, that that's so relatable. Yeah, right. I would still do that. Just stop dead in your yeah. tracks to make the cat fight joke. <laughs> and then we get some really weird stuff from her white space. Well, she gets knocked into the white space by the Hulk. <laughs> and she's concussed. And now she also has like, like six or seven of those little Sims jewels. Yeah. Over her yeah. Head. So she, decides to you know uh gwenpool get uh calvary from well i love at the end it's like i think i have a concussion that's why this page is like this but i have an idea yeah so she has a concussion that's why it's all white space and then there's an announcer our lady gwendolyn pool the first has just suffered a concussion most worst but never fear readers dear she has an idea (laughs) (laughs) so she just grabs all of the different versions of herself gwenpool verse yeah Yeah. from the gwenpool verse and like this the react and telling you the issues that they're coming from yeah. and the reactions and stuff. She also goes to the uh the uh original creation of the character which is hilarious. Maybe my favorite joke in the book. Yeah, I don't know which Wait, one was what that. Is that. Okay, so do you guys know how the character got started? I do not. So they started doing Deadpool variants. Okay. And there was this one that was Gwenpool and that was the first time the character had ever existed. Okay. Then they decided to give the character a comic. Gotcha. So I don't get the joke though. Like, why is she drawn so weird? That's what she looked like. Really? So, so which one is that? Uh, it's uh later. 
Oh, um, the one later on. Come with oh. me. No, please. No, she's so mysterious. Oh, that's right. Oh, no, I, 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 I thought you were talking about this weird Howard the Duck one. Yeah, there's like a weird oh, Howard no. the Duck one, too. Sorry. Yeah, but then she talks about how she no, she plucked these ones out, but some of them said no. So the one she's that's just lounging, like drinking by the pool, is that the first one? That's the first. Okay. Yeah, uh, okay. I, that was pretty good. I even tried to recruit uh, Gwen Prime. Gwen Prime. That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. And she's just like, nope. It's so good. Yeah, and then like there's like an innocent one. It's like, why are we fighting the Hulk? What do we do to make him mad? <laughs> Shot Bruce Banner in the face. Next question. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love that one. Uh, this was just not like, I, I love this interaction. They did a really fun, um, it was fun to get all the Gwenpools. Like it was a perfect book for this to do it. Uh, but then she gives all of the Gwenpools the, the Sims tokens. Yeah. So now they're all matched up with the Hulk. And then they're going back and forth and trying to figure out how to defeat the Hulk and going on. It's like, um, this is so, this is so she, wild. She makes crazy. the one cry and just like, what have you been doing in this book? It's like, my best. Like, I don't know. Like, I'm just trying to figure it out. <laughs> and then, so they're like, what can beat a Hulk? A Mjolnir. Oh my God. So, so she goes back into the Marvel comics well, continuity. So abyss. She's about to head back. But then before she's like, Buy me some time. Where are you going? Continuity spelunking. Wait, can we like Voltron so that they chest bump and then nothing <laughs> well, happens? Yeah. No, okay, bye. Oh. <laughs> I, I like this bit where she's like, all right, we're going to have to cut to something else while I do this because this is going to be like a bunch of middle schoolers spittily tooting Ride of the Valkyrie into recorders. <laughs> going to be like Yankee Doodle Dandy played in a minor key. <laughs> It's pretty great. So yeah, she also says it's going to be like a kazoo version of Flight of the Bumblebee. <laughs> <laughs> pretty great. So she goes spelunking into the Marvel Comics continuity abyss while the other Gwenpools use the comic to trip the Hulk and fling him up into the air. <laughs> yeah. I love and, and then he immediately... And, and then he... Uh, is that when he disappears into... Oh, no, he comes back. Well, he gets uh, shot by the one Gwenpool who doesn't have a problem with gun violence <laughs> and just gets shot with a rocket um, into the, like, booth. And then she, she's like, I see it now. If I could just... No, my Thor hole. My Thor hole. <laughs> and she's falling into a Thor hole. <laughs> as the This has Casey ensues. written all over oh, it. Oh, my God, dude. This was great. Yeah, so Hulk is just beating the heck out of uh, some of these Gwenpools. Marshmallow Gwen, no. Yeah. Hulk stomps on Marshmallow Gwen. I love that they all have distinct personalities. Yeah, yeah they're and all they're very only different. Like, they're only like a couple years apart. And their only difference is really who is writing them and who is drawing them. Yeah. I, mean, that's a, I guess that's a fairly big difference. Yeah. But it's just funny because it's like she hasn't been around that long. But she has all she, these iterations. She has of all these yeah, iterations. This, this is that anime Gwen that everybody seems to really love on the internet. Yeah. But there's this great moment where she, she has X's over her eyes and then uh, she opens one of them and goes, he don't worry, I'm okay. Yeah, there's a, I, she's just playing dead. And there's just like two panels where it's um, Miles and kamala playing what appears to be patty cake well no it's, <laughs> or, it's like, or like that oh you have to move your hands move too slap. slap yeah the person on the hands. bottom is trying to yeah. slap your hands and then she gets him and then he vanishes back into the uh he's like kamala no fair like, and she's like i'm sorry like that was the challenge they gave <laughs> yeah, each yeah, other yeah, yeah they're not fighting that's how they fought each other that's right. how they fought i think yeah. that's fantastic and then she gets horrible and then she gets teamed up with thor right after that who's just like ominously standing behind her <laughs> yeah and he's like, let's just end this quickly. <laughs> and then, yeah, so 
more fun of her going through the Thor hole and she takes what appears to be Thor's arm. That severed arm. Severed that arm. Malekith that that Malekith is, like is snuggling with like a teddy bear. <laughs> <laughs> so then she comes back and... I, I and just... There's just one little... like She's like, it's okay, Malekith. You're having a nightmare about a reptile dysfunction. <laughs> <laughs> or, or you're having a sexy time dream, whichever you prefer. I just... The jokes in this, they're so good. Yeah. They're so good. But, but yeah. She comes back with the severed arm of Thor. With her with her arm. With in her it. arm inside <laughs> of it. Just in time to catch Mjolnir in yep. midair. <laughs> and just wallops the hell out of Thor. Well, and like throws it. Because like she hits him right in the balls. Yeah. And with, but the, with the, the hammer, the arm, the arm and, and everything. The hammer, <laughs> which I thought was great. Um I I liked it. It's just it caught me so off guard because the cover is her swinging the owner. So I was like, "Oh, she's gonna go back and like make herself worthy by like that, changing." The that's elf. what I was thinking. Yeah. yeah, but I never expected her to put her arm inside a severed Thor. Yeah, arm. it's it's like it's like they actually come up with the concept of the cover first, and then they're like, yeah. All right, "How are we?" Because every get issue's there? been like that so far. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, so it's, good. It's great. So eventually, she does defeat the Hulk and go, he goes into the loser box and just starts rampaging inside of there. <laughs> That's all. <awful. laughs> Which is great. <laughs> but then, uh, uh, her and Kamala, it's Kamala, right? Yeah. Kamala Khan. Yeah. Um, they notice that their jewels are the same color. Yeah. Cause meanwhile, this whole thing, Kamala defeated Thor, like, pretty effortlessly, it seems. Yeah. Uh, at some point in this issue. <laughs> well, he lost me owner. Oh, and she just like punched him, I guess. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's exact. Oh yeah. He says like, is, is is that is thine rotting arm <laughs> Thor's former appendage? <laughs> uh, but yeah, so now the showdown for next issue is Gwenpool versus Kamala for the for and the, the, for issue the crown. cover is a real cosplayer. Is that was that the issue cover for next next week? Looks that's, like it. That's very interesting. Yep. I yeah. guess she's gonna spill out into into Earth Prime. Oh, maybe that's gonna be like yeah, like maybe that's the real world version of her. Uh, we're not in DC. Like the actual Gwen Prime. Because she's from the real world, so maybe that's what that's that's who it's gonna be. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know either. I'm glad it, we'll it doesn't figure it out. Yeah. yeah we're, we're, we're gonna find out. This book is fun, man. It is a lot of it fun. It took me after the first one, I was like, I don't even know it's just what's like happening. But the medium of comics and a blender. Oh and yeah. I love it. She does a phenomenal it's job. Hilarious. And it you know, talking about Mary Jane, like She's writing two very different books in very different ways, and they're both they're both great in using comics in a great way. Like this is obviously it's like using the meta ness of comics to its absolute height. Yeah, and then the other one's just great storytelling. Uh, yeah, it's it's, it's I, I'm enjoying her her books that are coming out recently, yeah. and we're obviously are because I think we talk about every single one right now. We, for good reason yeah. yeah i mean we talked about two of them today yeah so like uh keep, keep it up man i'm loving it it's great i can't the next one's gonna be so good i don't even know what it's gonna be who knows and hopefully <laughs> this turns into an ongoing is next one the last one yes yeah. it's the last one So maybe this will save the character since that's the whole point of this <laughs> maybe maybe not anyway we'll so speaking of the the medium of comics in a blender oh boy our next top story is Superman's pal Jimmy Olsen. Yeah, the cover already a joke. Yeah, so we just got to buckle in for this book. 
<laughs> so so it starts off with Bruce Wayne on a date with Glimini s- Tam Tam. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> the names in this book are fantastic. Yeah, and she's just like, I'm a socialite. Basically, I'm using you for popularity, and he's just like, oh, okay. And then there's like two awkward panels. He's like, I'm Batman at night, and then she's like, <laughs> really? He's like. No. He's like, no, it's just another one of my <laughs> hilarious jokes. Garcon. Garcon. <laughs> and then he tries to get like water. Uh, like, yeah. Before that, she uh, he orders dinner and then um, she says something. He's like, oh, are you hungry? Hungry, Brucey Woosie? Woosie <laughs> <laughs> <Brucey> Huggy? <laughs> yeah, the, the date is, I imagine it's probably one of Bruce's more terrible dates. Yeah, he seems to do okay traditionally. That seems to be yeah. his uh, cover. Is the Playboy uh, millionaire Bruce Wayne, and this seems to just not be this, not be that. Well, she she started off saying that he was just using him for clout. So I like that Bruce's whole arc in this is just trying to prove to himself <laughs> that he's funny. Yeah, like Bruce Wayne is just trying to like relate to someone on a date, and then he, the weird vibe that he gets as Batman is in this is so <laughs> through, good. So through the whole issue oh he's trying to God. earn credibility as funny yeah uh, and again like they, they kind of keep going back to it with every single character but like the batman dialogue in this is absurd and i loved every second yeah, of it's it. really really good <laughs> the the next page is jimmy olsen's pal superman yeah they kept changing like exactly who's being here to do and how they introduce and what you yeah. thought was pretty great yeah. yeah the the text the jack kirby text boxes before each story they're absurd they're killing. it's the best thing yeah. about each issue but they're great there's so many in this one to cover too yeah they're so, yeah. lengthy yeah they are they're they're pretty verbose yeah. but then yeah this one superman's bringing brings jimmy olsen to meet up with batman and like the the end of the text box is Jimmy Olsen's pal Superman, but like they're talking about Batman, but wasn't expecting a third wheel. <laughs> so it's Superman bringing Jimmy Olsen to meet up with Batman. Um, and Batman makes <laughs> Superman's like, "Hey, Batman, hope you haven't been waiting in the rain long." He's like, "It's Gotham, Superman. It's always raining. <laughs> it's always raining. <laughs> it always rains, but never washes away the suffering and the innocent silence is the screams of those who scream destroyed." He's like, "Who's your friend?" <laughs> it's like the bat. It was like classic. <laughs> that batman and i oh it was so i good. like that he smacks the camera out of jimmy's head and it's oh, just yeah. Chris smacko <laughs> yeah and then he's like this is a war and superman's like it's a toy war between it's between the <laughs> it's the ventriloquist and the toy man they're <laughs> having a toy war <laughs> and, because and, of course they are and it's just yeah and it's just like Batman's like it's he's a just, war and it's like it's a toy war and he's like you're either uh, and in a war you're either a soldier or the enemy he's like are you my enemy and yeah Chris Smacko knocks the camera's like because you sure as hell don't look like a soldier <laughs> and, then, and then we got to J- Jimmy doing an interview with this guy oh my god who, his, the way guy. he makes a living is he makes very large novelty things including no he makes novelty things out of small things no, no, he makes. He I makes build very large I make things, things that are usually small. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Extremely, yeah. ex- he describes it as excruciatingly accurate, giant recreations of very, very tiny things. Yeah, a penny, a thimble. <laughs> Once I commissioned to, to fashion a rather large paperclip, which I feel like was a reference I didn't get <laughs> because it was for someone's birthday. Because like, obviously the penny is in ba- the back Batman. Cave. Right. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, yeah. that's not what that's from. No, I know. No, just, no, but it but could, like be, it could have been to, from something that he's he just was the guy who was hired to build the giant penny. I know. Yeah, yeah. I just, well, then he starts talking about the giant calendar that he had to make. 
Which, yeah, which is so funny. Which, the way he describes it. Because it's not uh, like a uh, a 12-month calendar. It's a 365-day calendar. Day. It's a day-by-day. Because it's like one of those calendars where you pull off each day and you throw it in the trash. The guy didn't say if he already had a giant trash can. I guess I should have asked. <laughs> yeah, then it's like it's supposed to be set up to be like a joke calendar, like with the theme of you might be a victim of the calendar man. So like <laughs> if you're a socialite named January and someone just stole all your diamonds, you might be a victim of the calendar man. <laughs> he, I just love how it, it's such a it's such a long scene. And he's just so passionate yeah. about his job. Yeah, of making well, giant he, things. I, yeah. I've I've always had this joke with comics and comic villains of like, where do they get all that stuff? And right. like, like we were talking well, in uh, what was it? The Riddler was that the Batman sixty six issue you were talking about? Yes, where King Tut had to build. Yeah, yeah. That house that looked like himself, and then the the to get the alligators, alligators and stuff. Yeah, well, Marvel yeah. has a has a guy for that. Oh, really? They have a specific character for that? Yeah, for all the supervillain. That's awesome. The Tinkerer. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. I I just liked how he found the jokes too hackneyed, so he said no, and then the calendar man just killed his family. Killed his family, burned down his house, and he's like, I I worked out of my house, so it kind of destroyed my business, you know? Yeah, and then a panel just says, you got calendar mangled. (laughs) (laughs) And then you realize that there's like, there's no depression. Like, he I mean, he's upset, but like his whole family died. Well, he's, he's upset because he doesn't think Batman will help just one of many people that make giant things from <laughs> tiny things. Like, apparently there's a whole fleet of these people in Gotham City. I, I like how uh, there's this bit where where uh, Jimmy, I guess, yep, is, is, is talking me. to the camera. But he goes, but your boy Timmy, Timmy straight loves comical novelty props. And that's, that's weirdly big and the guy starts going like thank you for your sympathy and he cuts them off yeah Yeah, no more sad stuff also the the thing we didn't mention was uh jimmy calling superman an asshole but it being covered up by batman an asshole and covering up uh superman's covering it up with his word panels he's covering up the word he just says i know i know i'm sorry he's he's pretty messed up i guess (laughs) yeah then it cuts to timmy olsen well and then he makes a point of saying i must like the guy's still talking about getting his family getting kids. Like, and I realized I must go to Jimmy Olsen's secret identity, Timmy Olsen, if I hope to cap to catch the bat's fancy. <laughs> <laughs> Cutting to his newest viral video, how many jokers can we fit inside this frozen yogurt shop before Batman notices? Which is just apparently his way to get That's to the summon only way Batman. To get Batman. <laughs> it's his bat signal. And the, is that the Froyo place is called Hey Ho Froyo? Yeah, <laughs> I thought that was great. <laughs> so yeah they start trying to get this froyo place filled with jokers and he's looking through like a binoculars and all of a sudden he like turns and runs into batman (laughs) and then batman just like leaves him a note that just says tonight slash b and i love because why does bruce wade want to meet me tonight and the 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 calendar guy is still there and he goes no no mr timmy the the b is for batman he goes could it be Bruce? I mean, he goes, no, dude, look at <laughs> the stationery. It's, it's totally Batman. Batman. It's one of the jerks. like, no, dude, look. It's and I totally... Also, for some reason, yeah. the Philly fanatic I was going to say, for, for us Philly people, the fanatic being in the background with all the jokers was a great... Like, what is was he, an awesome thing to see. I don't know. But, like... They, I, well, there's... there's Don Rickles is in the thing. There was this Twitter thread that Steve Lieber put up. Someone found Don Rickles in the background. <laughs> oh, really? Great. That's awesome. Don and Getty Rickles. Then it cuts. To, oh my God! This was hysterical. 
this next couple pages like so it cuts to a couple guys oh God, in, yeah. it's in the bathroom at wayne manor with bruce in the bathroom listening to uh these guys talk talking about how an old guy gave them 80 bucks to laugh at to laugh at the boss's jokes and, and the one um, guy got an extra 20 because he cried a little bit and he wiped away his tear yeah and he's like he also like he enjoys pe- <laughs> <laughs> he likes uh, Master Wayne enjoys seeing people cry. So then it cuts to and then there's the Batmobile splashing a, 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 a bunch of old guys, yeah. <laughs> like an old couple You're in a wheelchair. Yeah. And then it cuts to Alfred, Alfred and Bruce talking. He's like, "How much have how much have you paid people to laugh at my jokes all these years?" He's just very matter of fact, eighty five thousand four hundred dollars, sir. <laughs> However, did you know? Because I'm an amazing detective amazing ask anyone, <laughs> ask anyone. <laughs> he's also like he's like i'm gonna take that money out of your salary and oh god and then he's just like leave the edible arrangement brucey hungy brucey very hungy <laughs> and then he puts on like a fake arrow hat like the arrow through the head thing yeah and he goes i'm also hilarious <laughs> this might be my favorite batman it's like ever. super friends batman it's but like awesome. amped up yeah <laughs> it, yeah it's it's oh my god and the dude this i can't this book was ridiculous. This was so good. The funeral this was, was great. This was another one of those books where I was I was sitting there reading this just laughing out yeah, loud to same. myself like an imbecile. Every every panel is almost a joke. Yeah. Or has something. It 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 reads like um like a Zucker Brothers movie. Like one of those those like airplane where like the jokes per minute yeah. is just yeah. like it's off the it's just it's yeah, it's nuts. Cause yeah, everything's a joke in this. There's something in every single panel and every page. So, yeah, so now they're at the funeral of Jimmy, right? It, right, yeah. Because to his funeral and Metamorpho is just, even though he still owes me about 80 bucks, I figured, sure, okay, I mean, it's what he wanted. I took some stuff. I bet I can get 80 bucks. Yeah, so we just like <laughs> pilfered to this dude's house to get yeah. money. <laughs> and then it's like... um, You had a really nice TV, pal? And then Yeah, then all of a sudden, like, the... The grave explodes, explodes. Uh, and Superman actually catches Jimmy Olsen's Superman watch. Um, and then immediately is like, the, the lowest is like, this isn't human. And immediately Superman looks like bits of artificial decoy copes to me, Lois. Safe, synthetic, genetically perfect, but squishy. <laughs> but I, I, I like I like how when the grave explodes and all of these like body parts start raining down, the one guy's response is just, ew. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it just opens up an umbrella. And a hand opens up. And someone's like, it's a Jimmy Olsen zombie. Cheese it, fellas. It feeds on brains and bow ties. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then you find out it's uh, the Dr. Mantle, the, the scientist from a couple issues ago. Yeah, that who got, got sucked into a black hole. And then kind of homed in on Jimmy Olsen's watch. But apparently that made him, the whatever he did made it explode. <laughs> So I guess however he got back and made him explode. They crammed so much story into yeah. this book. And the Superman's just like, okay. And then they're talking about who wants Jimmy Olsen dead? And Lois is just like, when did it happen? And where could he's like, oh, wait, I, I know all this already. Because I, I talked to the real Jimmy Olsen. But then it says Jimmy Olsen is still alive and it cuts to his brother who looks not very pleased. Right. Okay. Yep. And now we cut back to... Lex Luthor's aunt something or other, Miss Hannah Alexandria Luther, and her family born in Metropolis after the Luther struck at witch and Mr. Jimberly Jimmington Olsen <laughs> of the Metropolis Olsen's so, first so meeting. We get this tale of forbidden love where there's an Olsen in love with a Luther 
and their parents won't allow it. But uh, and then Luther's looking at old family photos, and <laughs> there's this weird-looking redheaded kid in the background of one of them. But the the and again the names in this. He goes according to the medical records. Uh, there were, they had three girls: Lucinda, Lacroix, and Labadidaba. <laughs> Labadibada. Yeah, well, I, don't, I don't know. The Hannah Luther married into the Hamiljam family. <laughs> yeah, and and Jimberly would marry Lucy Lawrence Gatler. But then, yeah, they, sh- they zoom in on that picture of that's supposed to just be three girls, and it's clearly a redheaded Olsen uh, in the background. boy in the yeah. background. It's like, oh, man, ah. is that Lex? Or yeah. is that Lex's lineage? The the oh one man that is, Le- is Lex an Olsen? Lex, like the unspoken yeah or yeah. Ols- <laughs> or Olsen or Olsen's a Luther. Oh man, that too. That could be that. It could be either one, depending on how it goes. Because Lava Dibata, he's clearly in that family, so he could be. It could go either way. Yeah, but what if Lex is the Luther that like n- like the, the was on the Olsens? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, who knows? That's definitely. But Luther's very concerned about this, obviously. Yeah, what well, was in that was what was in the the box that we saw um, earlier in the series. Oh, that's right. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yep, yep, yep. The box. Oh, yeah. Was, they're just going through it, it was now. Buried like underneath the lion that smashed. That's right. The lion statue that everyone said about. Yeah, and then they cut to Jimmy Olsen's gothy sister Janie Olsen in "Hey, lady, what's the deal with your whole family?" <laughs> <laughs> I like that sh- she just wrote a play called "I Hate You, Dad," which is fantastic the new play by jennifer lacroix olsen there's that name jennifer jennifer lacroix yeah, it's olsen. such a weird name but the lacroix was one of the names yeah so it must have been the luther girls so there you go so there they could be so the olsons could be luther yeah potentially yeah so yeah then jimmy tries to track her down to kind of explain what's going on he's wearing a rainbow wig and beard holding a sign that says batman 316 <laughs> which is so good so um, he he kind of just kind of takes off the beard and reveals himself. He's like, "How do you how do you know it's uh it's like it's Jimmy? It's like we have a matching freckle pattern shaped like the constellation Orion under our left eyes. Only if Orion was fat and had more four more arms and also freckles for legs. <laughs> yeah, Very so not like that at all. Yeah, not even the close. So <laughs> he like fills her in on everything on why he's not dead, and then they go back to his apartment, and there's a package in front of his door with just a bunch of Batman stickers. I like how, I like how they're talking about the rules of this place and how yeah. weird and crazy they are. Yeah. But yeah, there's this package with Batman symbols all over it, and she goes to open it, and it just sprays blood out and, everywhere. And then yeah. it's Dexter. Oh my god! What? Yeah, who is this cat? What it's is... the Red Lantern. That's oh, their powers to spit up blood. That's right. It's Dexter. I forgot about that. <laughs> oh my god! That makes it that much better. It's so good. <laughs> I just like his reactions. Like so gross, so gross, so god, it's so gross. And then he's like, "Oh my god, Batman is hilarious." Game on. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so we've got a we got a prank we're on our Batman ass. finally gets his credibility. Dude, it's hilarious because he is hilarious. Yeah, dude, this dude, book I, is nuts. I can't I wait it. for. We got what seven more issues of this? What could possibly happen in seven issues? But there's like, so much in every issue. Yeah, like, I feel like they somehow managed to pack more story into this book than I think anything else I've been reading lately. We talked it's, about this and like we we skimmed over a lot of stuff because we had to burn through the first four issues. Yeah. It's just, it's nuts, man. There's so much stuff going. It's definitely one of the issues, uh, where 
when I read it for the week, it feels like one of the ones that has like the most content. Yeah. Like it, there's if, a, yeah, yeah. You're it get, feels like a whole story. You're getting your money's worth every yeah. issue with this for sure. Just for the freaking lead in bubbles. <laughs> I mean, Matt Fraction is just being allowed to do whatever he wants. And it's, oh my God. It's I, fantastic. I need to, I need more of that Batman. It's so good. Yeah. I want this. I, if, so good. if Batman was like this in every book, I would read every Batman. Oh my book. God. I would, dude. So good. I'm loving it. He's so deadpan. Yeah. Oh, I'm hilarious. Yeah. It's like Leslie Nielsen as Batman. <laughs> it's awesome. Ah, oh, can't say enough about this book. Love it's, it. It's too good. It'll be a top story. I feel like every it's, issue comes It's easily out. my favorite DC book right now. I, yeah, I, I totally. I don't think there's any contest in my opinion. I don't. I there's read a no lot t- more DC books. I know you and do. I can but easily still, say. But still. So yeah. So that's, uh, that's, that's it for for last week yeah so this week's uh list is a little short i guess to make up for the fact that last week's list was like seven and a half miles long yeah for sure but there's still a couple things coming out i think the one that pops we were talking about is philadelphia yeah that's intriguing so since we're philadelphians we gotta uh, represent we'll we'll take a look at that see what's up see what that's going on about i'm excited for last god too that's the uh like the fantasy one from dc right yeah that looks easily easily the highest priority for next week fantastic four grand design 2 is out uh grand design's great it's we're never going to be able to cover it on this show yeah because there's it's so dense and there's so much in it but like yeah talking about getting a whole story for an issue right it's totally worth it i think takes me like a month to read i know (laughs) Uh, i see basketball heads number two is coming out ascender comes out which another lemire book a new constantine book too criminal i'm looking forward to Plot number three. A few Sorry, X books. No, it's okay. <laughs> just I'm just looking. A few X books. Looks like Fallen Angels, X Force, and New Mutants come out next week. Yeah, New Mutants. So, oh boy. Uh, the last issue of Tommy. I mean, Machine Gun Wizards, uh, <laughs> formerly known as Tommy Gun Wizards. Also, another Swamp out. Thing giant. Yeah. Oh, is that like a? And there's gonna be like a sequel to some of the stories, right? Yeah, that's so cool. That'll be fun. And plot three. Yeah. Plots for. Very I haven't good. read plot. I have to check. I should check that out. I need to get caught up on that. Yeah, so much more manageable week next week. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I fi- yeah. I, I thought this this episode was going to be like nine hours long. I mean, if Just Casey were here, it pro- we're we're at two hours. Like this is this is how long we usually Dude. go for. Imagine having two more top picks to try to get squeeze in. Yeah, and then there's. 10 books that I think we all read that probably joked that didn't even make the cut. Yeah. And and I want to clarify that I'm not saying I don't miss Casey. I was totally willing to have an extra long episode this week. I, it, would, it was almost going to be necessary. I almost, I books. toyed with the idea of cutting it into two episodes. Mm, just because it was going to be so much. Yeah. But yeah, we, we managed to squeeze it in. Yeah, we, we got there. We, <laughs> we did our best. We did it. We did our best without Casey. We, we hope she's back next week. Yeah, we hope, uh, we hope her pets are doing all right. Man, it's 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 rough. Pets. Yeah. You never know. You never know what's gonna happen. Going with the dog pun? No. Oh, really God. downplaying the tragedy. What? The you rough? said rough? I didn't that was not intentional <laughs> at all. No, You're ruining what I'm trying to do here, RJ. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, our hearts go out to Casey. We hope her pets are fine. Um Hopefully she's she's back next week. I don't see why she wouldn't. I hope uh yeah, hopefully everything's great and she's don't back. put that out there. 
What good vibes? I'm just saying. It's like the secret. We're putting out vibes that everything's gonna be okay. I'm just gonna get a Batman costume. I'm Batman from Jimmy Olsen now. <laughs> All right, I, I have one of those. So, uh, so yeah, make sure you follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Last Week's Comics. If you like what you hear and you want more, please support our Patreon by going to DuelingGenre.com/support. You'll get a whole bunch of cool stuff from the Dueling Genre gang. And please support your local comic shop. Get out there, buy some comics, and we'll see you next week. For myself. Sean and RJ and Casey, wherever she may be at the moment. Uh, This is Tales from the Short Box. Goodbye, everybody.